welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast sponsored by HF Plastering with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. After a week off, we've got a bit of a jam-packed show full of Orient news, views, and plenty of Orient chat, because this week, we're not alone. Joining us is the man who masterminded our 1-0 away win at Northampton Town yesterday as we record this. Welcome back to the show for the fourth, maybe fourth time, fifth. It might be fifth, you know. I think it might be fifth. Ross Embleton, anyway. Thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, this evening. Right, so obviously loads has happened. We're going to crack on the normal way and then we're going to get straight into a very busy podcast. A very too uh, busy fortnight fortnight at the O. So let's start with our sponsorship shout-out. So HF Plastering, you're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work specialising in silicone colour, render systems, and the best part is they have a 15% off for all Latent Orient fans and staff. So if you want more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around, email ajfplastering at outlook.com uh, by email, or you can visit ajfplastering on Facebook or on Twitter at Big Ads LOFC. So that's 15% off for all you O's fans and staff out there. Absolutely. So the Supporters Club have got two trips to tell you about this week. You can book your place on the coach for the Grimsby game, which is on Saturday the 19th of October. This one's £36 for adults, 33 for concessions, and under 16s are half price. And the departure time for that is 8 o'clock in the morning. That's a bit of a long journey up to uh, North Lincolnshire. Uh, coaches for Plymouth leave at 1 o'clock uh, for a 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday the 22nd of October. That's going to be a late one home for you boys, isn't Grimsby it? Grimsby and Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, Tuesday. <laughs> you couldn't make it that out randomly. Um, again, £36 for adults and £33 for concessions. It'll cost you another three quid if you're not a member of the supporters club and under 15s you travel for half price but you've got to be with an adult who's paying the, the, the adult rate uh, and obviously these prices don't include your match day ticket so book uh, uh, to book these trips you can do that in the supporters club on a match day or call the travel line on 07722 Fine. so time for a quick update from the Leyton Orient Trust and they are looking for trustees to join their board. So if you're interested in joining the Leighton Orient Trust trustee board, you can visit their website, which is www.leightonorienttrust.org.uk forward slash join us. So a good opportunity there to join, to join the board. Yeah. Uh, Ross, you went back to visit your old primary school, St. Saviour's in Walthamstone. You visited Year 6 pupils. How was that? Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. I've been wanting to do it for ages, and I spoke to Howard uh, probably about six, seven weeks ago and said if it ever comes up that I'd love to be able to do it. So it was great to do it last week. Place has changed incredibly. Really? I actually forgot at one stage how long ago it was that I left primary school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now they've got like alpacas there now, which is on the yeah, on the field where <coughs> where we had an eleven side football pitch has gone and yeah the whole place is two two tiers up the upstairs, downstairs where it was all all on one level when I went there. So yeah, changed a hell of a lot. No one there left teaching anymore. So that you people have talked very well on your last legs. No, it was brilliant to go back and talk to the kids, and that was really good. And uh, any difficult questions asked? No, they were good. It was good. I was quite, quite surprised um, how many people knew so much about the club. There was a couple of kids who had season tickets, there was a couple oh, of really? kids that go here and there, and um, 
Yeah, there was a, there was a sort of a good knowledge about about the club and a good amount of people that, or amount of kids that, that come to games. So it was really good to that's see that as well, which is great, isn't it? Yeah, that's a bit of a rarity though that you've got kids in there that got season tickets and go infrequently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So no, it was really good. Yeah, and to finish off the trust update, Joe Woodson visited Fullwood Primary School as part of National Poetry Day to inspire pupils to write poems about Leighton Orient's league-winning seasons. I saw the video of that that the Trust released, and one kid that had written something that ordinarily he probably wouldn't have done, so it just shows you the powerful element of a player yourself going into these schools and what these kids all, all do to, you know, look at me kind of thing, but it helps them and drives them on. Yeah. It's really impressive. And to inspire days like that, there was one-off days, then, like the poet, the, the National Poetry Day that it was, and things like that, it just drive, drives it in a bit of yeah. a different direction. I yeah. suppose some kids you talk about Poetry wouldn't be overly, overly infused by it, but the fact that it's football and someone, you know, a footballer Absolutely, going yeah. into the score as well, it does help. It'd have to be the right player though. Like you couldn't have Miles Judd going in and doing poetry. Oh, yeah, no, poetry I day, don't know what sort of poet, poetry you'd come up with, but yeah, Joe's a good one. Joe's, you know, Joe, Joe likes that sort of thing. He's bright, yeah. obviously, but he's, um, yeah, he'd be good in front of those kids. As Just well. kidding, Miles. I'm sure you well, do a course. cracking job <laughs> reading his poetry as we speak. Amazing. We'll have to get Miles Judd reading end of season. End of season, Miles Judd to read Shakespeare. So one bit of A B this week, and a happy 18th birthday to Shivan Patak, who celebrated his 18th birthday yesterday. Yes, mate. We hope you had a good one. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Beers are on you now. Um, so moving on then the week that was on the 23rd of September bit of a monumental day for a couple of reasons one it was Sam Sargent's 22nd birthday yeah happy birthday happy birthday Sam, Sam. Sarge. did he bring in good cakes yeah cakes been good this season have they yeah standard's yeah. been alright we so always far. put that yeah. in our birthday tweet because I remembered about you saying yeah. about cakes and some yeah. people bringing in stuff Macca was the real bad one last year he came up with some real bad cakes he got a lot of stick for it but I think on the whole chartering for a shot November's right? a big month I think you there's Joby we were on the same day, actually. All oh, three of us were on the same day. No, Joe's a day older than me. I'll get that one in quite What are you on the 8th? On the 10th. You're the 10th? Ah, oh, we're the 9th, me and Joe. Yeah, then. okay. I'll get that one in quite a lot. He's a day older. So, um, but yeah, cake's been good so far. Cool, keep good us posted. Yeah, I will do. Keep yeah. us posted. So at 11am, the club started the week with a huge announcement that Ross Embleton has made the decision to revert to his usual position of assistant coach upon the appointment of a new head coach whilst continuing to be in charge for the next couple of games while the process to appoint a new head coach takes place. As luck would have it, Ross is sitting next to us. <laughs> yeah, bit of, uh, <laughs> a bit of great fortune on our part. So you decided to, to step down from your interim role. Tell us about your decision, what led to that, why you did it, and I guess at what point in time did you decide, actually, you know what, I'm going to step back? I think a number of things, really. I think um, it's never been something that I've set and know that I wanted to do. Um, obviously, it goes without saying that I'm, you know fills me with a lot of pride to the fact that I've I can say whatever happens for the rest of my life that I've managed a football club yeah. and I've managed a football club that I follow. So that that's obviously something that living the dream. You know, yeah, inc- yeah, incredibly so. Um, and I'm really glad that I, that I've that I have had the opportunity to do it. Obviously, the manner in which that it came around. It's a bit of a funny sort of way of looking at it, but mm. one obviously I, I wouldn't have wanted it to happen mm. uh, like that in the way that it did. And then at the same time, I felt like it had to be me to do that, to step in and do it. So surreal and strange and and, and horrible circumstances to have to you know to have to go about it. But so but 
I've never really, like I say, never really looked and thought, yeah, I'm going to be a manager for the rest of my career. And I think when you're making a decision to become a manager on a permanent basis, you have to look upon it as that is going to be the career path that I want to take and I really want to throw everything into. And I don't feel like that. I don't feel as though that is me. Um, I feel like I lose what I'm really good at when it comes to being the manager. And I think that is, when I look at, if I use a match day as a standalone, I find it really, really difficult to play the role of a manager, which I do think you have to do. I think that, you know, people have said to me right from the beginning, be yourself, do it your own way, do it. it, it. And I have done. But when I, when I walk out as the manager of, of Leighton Orient on a Saturday afternoon, there's a role that I have to play. And, 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 I'll go toe-to-toe with anyone if they, when they say to me, no, you don't, you can do it your way. But I think my way is to sit down and watch a game of football, analyse it, come in at half-time and be clear, half-time, full-time, on, or within the game, what we need to do to win, mm-hmm. lose, draw, you know, to, to, to change. And I don't feel I get the best out of myself and therefore I don't help the players to the best of my ability by having to stand up and be the manager. And whatever anyone says about being yourself, I have to do that. It's my responsibility. I think people nowadays, because of Klopp, Pep, Conte, you know, the, the real big boys that are the showmen on the side of the pitch, um, you have to be seen to be like that. You know, I think supporters want to see you showing your enthusiasm. Whereas I'm happy to do that and I, I'm passionate about what I do, but... I get. I, I'm at my best when when I can analyse the game, and I don't think I can get the best out of myself in in that in that manner. Mm. And so, with all of that in mind, for me to be to make this my career defining decision going to change my life, I think it'd be irresponsible of me from a selfish perspective to to go about it in in that way. And then at the same time, I think um, for me to get to you know to take this club in the direction that that we all want to go in and to be successful individually and, and, and as a as a team, I think the boys need that figure, that leader, that leader. And, it, and you can't afford to sit at the top of that tree as that person if you haven't really got what you feel is the right way to to go about it. You know, I think, you, I think it would be foolish of me for everybody's sake to, to have said, yeah, I just want to be the Leighton Orient manager. I don't need profile. I don't want... The, the whatever it is that comes with having the title of being an honorary manager, I want to just be good at my job, and I and I, I have to make sure that it's the best for everybody. And I think that was the the real big thing at the at the front of it all. The 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 the, the final sort of decision came around because Nigel was in the country, um, myself, Joby, and Danny had sort of separate meetings with Nigel about how we were getting on, where we were going, what we've done what we were looking to do and I pretty much knew that when Nigel was going to be coming in that the, the decision might start looking towards making something permanent whether that was me or or, or, or going through the process that we're going through now um, and I, being put into that position to be able to make that decision at that time I was pretty I was fairly comfortable with it Nigel was fantastic with me and he, he said you know don't be rash don't just make this decision now because me and you are sitting in a room and I've asked you the question. You know, you need to take your time to make sure that you don't look back on it in years to come and think, oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. But 
having that conversation with him, I was clear in my mind that it wasn't the right thing for me and then therefore wasn't going to be the right thing for the club for me to take on the job full time. Um, a lot's been said about me going choosing to go back into my role, but I think I've said a few times now that the club have decided that, you know, which is I'm so grateful for the fact that, okay, then, then I'm not going to become the new Leighton Orient manager on a full-time basis, but the club are, are happy and want me to go back into my, my role where I feel that I can be an asset to the club rather than sort of a, in, a, in a job that I don't really have that real hunger and drive to, to do and become in the long term. So you roll back, so that means that Danny... Web rolls back and Joby rolls back as well. So yeah. did you guys all sit down and have a conversation about this? No, we didn't originally because um, what I felt was I knew what 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 was in my mind about where we go, but I thought what was important was that Nigel got real clarity from Danny, Joby and myself about the job, about how it's worked, how it's been, what we've done. I think we've done a lot, we've changed a lot and we've 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 brought in some some new things, and and we look at you know, in the last week. I've done a lot of reflection, so that I can always look back on what I've done in the role and say, you know, these are the things that I felt I've I've improved. These are the things that I've changed. But I felt it was important that Nigel got that real uh, clear opinion from Danny and Joby on what he felt and what they felt. I know he spoke to a couple of the players as well because that, that's vitally important. That if I was going to become the new manager, that the players had an input on. You know, whether it was going to be the right thing, like 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 they're going through now, there needs to be no stone unturned. So I thought it was important that Danny and Joby got their opportunity to talk to Nigel clear on what they thought, and Nigel got their clear opinions rather than me pulling them in on Monday morning and going, "Oh, if he asks <laughs> if I want the job, I'm going to say no," because I think that would have completely mm. thrown it right out in the open and 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 made it difficult for Danny and and Joby to be straight and give Nigel their clear opinion, knowing that. I was going to walk in the door afterwards and say that that wasn't what I wanted. So we didn't do that. Um, we've obviously spoken since. I think it's quite, um, because of the way that we work, it's quite straightforward in terms of the way that it moves moves back now. It's because you know, hopefully we see Joby out on the pitch and that takes care of, of him being a footballer again. Um, and then at the same time, we can manipulate the coaching that he does to help him develop as a coach around his main responsibility of, of playing football. So I don't think it, it, it needs to change drastically for Joby. He's a massive character anyway. He managed the changing room a lot last year, as, as, we, as we all know. Um, so his input can, can sort of continue in the same sort of way and we can find other ways of helping him develop as a coach. Um, and Danny's responsibility will just go back to what we were, what he was what he was doing last year as as it will for me and, and obviously it'd be it'd be different to, to how it was before because it'd be a new dynamic. Mm-hmm. But it's um I think it for, personally for me it's, it's it's then an exciting opportunity to try and build a relationship with someone else and you know and, and hopefully that person is that missing bit that I don't feel that and more obviously but I don't feel that I've got in order to drive the club onwards as a as a manager. Do you feel like the weight's come off your shoulders since the announcement? A little bit, a little bit. Um, I hadn't because I hadn't really been put in a position to worry myself too much about what the decision would be. I wasn't overly carrying that. I didn't feel as I was carrying that responsibility around with me too much because it was just I'm doing this to until the time's right, until it feels a little bit easier for us to look at 
someone else coming in to yeah. you know to, to to give a new new angle and, and bring bring new ideas in. So I never really I wasn't really overly thinking about it. But then once I knew Nigel wanted to meet with me, and I had become clear on what I wanted, it, I then felt right. I'm going to do the games before we make that that final decision and then I can say to people and, and then so as soon as I knew that that moment was coming as soon as I knew that I was going to speak to Elliot on the Monday morning and we were going to put something out then I was just really keen to get it out in the open because gone on record I said it to, to, to Dave Victor a couple of weeks ago but the one thing I've always wanted to do with, with being in the role was be honest with people be straight with the players with the staff with Martin Nigel Kent Matt Porter, everybody that's around it, and the and the supporters was to be straight and honest with people, and I just didn't want to carry that around for too long of people giving me a pat on the back, people moaning, people this, people that about opinions on it. I just wanted it to be, like, just let me tell everyone now, so that so so I was being straight and honest with everyone. Mm. And then it, obviously, then what it does, then it obviously gives a little bit of a grey area for for everyone for a little while until the actual decision's made. But I think now everything can be geared towards building for what comes next rather than that sort of is he isn't he sack him don't sack him give him the job permanent whatever it might be I think all of those things that that's moved to side now it's just you know if and when and how we're gonna gonna appoint the next next manager which is a massive grey area but I think it just takes away everything around me and what I'm doing and, and everything else related to the job it just sort of removes all of that away and we can start looking to to build, which is what we've done in the, in the two games since, I think. Obviously, managing a club at any level is difficult, but did you expect it to be as hard or challenging as um, maybe it has been, or you, maybe you haven't found it hard? I'm being assumptive here. I don't think I would say... I, it's obviously been a massive challenge, and sometimes I say to people, if this had been a... I don't know, I can't think of an example, Dagenham Redbridge, I don't... It would have been a different, different, a different responsibility mm. because of the attachment to the club. So potentially that, that might have weighed on my shoulders a, a little bit more. And, I, and I'm sure in time when I look back, potentially it does because you know, maybe you do care a little bit more in, in, terms, of, in terms of what my, my association has been following the club um, since I was a kid. So I haven't, I haven't really felt like pressured. I, haven't, I don't sort of lose sleep. I haven't, it's not been like a burden on me. I've actually really enjoyed a lot of the time the responsibility of going in my biggest my biggest uh, the biggest downside for me is, is a match day because I don't feel as though I do the job that I when I say want to do but are the things that the I really feel that I'm at my best I don't think I can do them well enough on a match day I get caught up too much in in in, in the game that sometimes I come off at half time and I have to really give myself time to think on what it is yeah. that the game looks like or what it is that I need to do um, and I don't like feeling like that I don't like not not knowing whereas I've always felt that whoever I'm sitting next to I'll go up I'll tell them what I think there's lots of times when Justin didn't do what I said there was times when he did and we got success from it I don't need the pat on the back you know I'm not that that's just not I'm not that you know, people people will probably laugh because at the end of the games I make as much of a 
you know, of the moment as I do when we win to make sure that, you know, to, to release that stress and show everyone how passionate I am about, about winning games of football f for this football club. So I swear some people will say, oh, yeah, you don't mind showing off like that, but it, that's a natural thing to me. And, but just being the manager, I don't, I, I don't need that profile. I don't need the big... I don't need to be that big person at the front. I just, I just want to do the job that, I, that I'm, that I'm good at doing. And I think you need to be more than that if you, if you want to be the manager. You need to be a figure. You need to be able to. I walk in sometimes in some of the games and I've shouted and screamed at the lads because we've let in a poor goal or we've gone a goal down late on whatever it might be. And I come out and I sort of think oh, I ain't really done much with them tactically, you know. Which is what I always do, and it just doesn't—it it doesn't feel quite right. And I think you—you need a—you need a balance and a bit of bit of bit of both to be able to, to be a, be able to be a, a, a successful manager. And I think the big thing, biggest thing for me, that was like the cut-off point in terms of me making that decision and then not, and having that 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 that, uh, that pressure was was just um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit here, but it's more it was more related to. Um, like on a, like on on a match day, getting getting caught up, getting getting too involved in things, and not being able to really help everybody and and, and really drive that forward for everyone. And I think for me to be, again, if someone says to me, "Yeah, you're going to be late and orient manager for the next fifty years," you go like, "Yeah, all right, I'll do it because it's because it's here and it's because it's because of the circumstances that I took the job on in the first place." But my ambition has to be more than that because. Mm. Realistically, you're not going to be late or a manager for the next five, ten years. It, it could be a shorter period than that. And then all of a sudden, I'm taking the late and Orient job because it's because I'm where I am and it's it's my club. Yeah. But in, in eighteen months down the line, if it, you know if I lose my job, and then all of a sudden I'm a manager, and I look at myself and I think, well, I'm not really. I'm I'm an assistant manager, but people are not going to take me on in that role because you've all of a sudden you've got a, a tag of being a manager. So. Um, there's so many different sort of minute little factors that went towards me really in the end knowing probably deep down inside that it, it's just not a role that, that's for me. I say right now and people are going, oh, you're going to change your mind in the future. It's definitely, definitely not the case. Like right now, I sit here and think, well, we I have, don't want to be a manager. We have had a few questions. Obviously, since the announcement went out, we've yeah. taken four points from six. I think there's a few people have said, now we're taking four points from six. Any reconsideration? Not not even one percent. No, I I I talked to someone the other day, and he he, like I got the like the difficult look that look at me of, well, if you won every game you was top of the league, I bet it'd have been different. And I went maybe, but I can't say that that's the case. Um, my biggest thing to the boys was when I made the decision, and I I told them obviously before it went out, I said like, please use this now as your opportunity, our opportunity to build for that next person and for yourselves to build for that next person so that if he's sitting in the stand at the Port Vale game coming and having a look before he applies that he goes I tell you what I like Joe Riddison like he's not you know he's not had a great game you know use that as a real good opportunity for mm -hmm. you to build and I take the same thing for me because the manager will come in here and if he's seven nine twelve however many games it is before he arrives if we're 12 points better off by the time he gets here, then he's coming into a better football club. He's coming in with more confident players. He's coming in with, you know, you boys, he's looked at you, he's analysed you, and he can say, God, I tell you what, I really like the way Craig Clay's playing at the moment. I really like what Matt Harold's doing. Like, Use this now as a building process. And, and 
So whether whether or not I'm still involved, uh, still in charge on on Tuesday and Saturday, the boys have started that by putting in two two good performances and getting getting four points from six. So that is how I'm looking at it. It's certainly not that oh, we win a few games and, and, it, and it changes things for me because I'm clear in my mind of, of where I'm at and where my career's going at the moment. Fine. So you mentioned the new manager. Come on in. Tell us. Exclusive time. No, I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you a, a three or four man shortlist I would do, but it's, um, I know that I'll see Martin tomorrow. Um, I know that there's a number of different conversations going on, but... Um, after that, where it's at quite at the moment, I genuinely, when I say I don't know, obviously I know people's names that have been mentioned, but I don't know where it's at right now in terms of how close person A might be and how far away person C might be. I think those conversations have been had. I know Martin's met and, and spoken to five or six different different managers, coaches, whatever, um, and the process is moving forward. I think the great thing, the great thing now is that Picking up four points gives everyone that, oh, it's not too bad then. Mm. You don't need to rush. Wimbledon, Tuesday night, mm. I think is a real big opportunity for the boys that are going to play in that game to impress. But it's not going to define our season. We've got Walsall at the weekend. I, I, I may or may not be in charge for that. If we are, we go out and we try and win the game so that if the man comes in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the week after, that he's got seven points under it, you know, that, he's, that, he's, that we're better off with since the decision was made. So... Um, winning and, and, and drawing the last two just just gives you know removes that little bit of pressure for everyone to get it done to like, get it done yesterday. Does that mean then that the players might have some anxiety because you say like this is really a shot window for them to promote themselves so that the next manager coming in isn't going to be like well I'm not going to play you Jordan or I'm not going to play you James because actually I don't I saw you in two games you didn't do so well and actually they're going to be wanting to play to be able to show what they can do and if they're not getting the opportunities that actually it might have a negative impact just playing devil's yeah. advocate slightly I think so I think, I think you know what it's, it's another it's another surreal moment and that's how I would probably describe my reign in charge of the club because of how it came about it, the whole thing is just surreal so it's another surreal period that we're in again now mm. um for me, the boys have responded to it positively in terms of what I asked from them and what Martin asked from them when we, when we told them what, 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 what the decision was and what the club were going to do. They've gone in that direction. So I think it looks to me so far, and the, result, the two results would suggest that they have grabbed it with both hands and they're using it as an opportunity, the boys have, that have got in the team and, and, and been on the pitch. So I would like to think it's how I hoped and how I presented it to them. Um, but I think it can have that effect. I think mm. it, it may make one or two people a little bit edgy that are not in the team because they'll think, well, is the new man going to come in and, and the results are positive and I might not necessarily be included in yeah. that. But I think there's so many factors, you know, yeah. there's so many factors because a manager might come in and want to want to play a certain way you know, that, mm. that includes, you use Jordan Maguire Drew as, a, as an example, it includes someone like Jordan. So he then gets an opportunity, even though he hasn't been playing in the team, someone else might come in and it might revolve evolve around Matt Harold or you know, Marvin Ekpatit, whoever it might be, the individual. You, you might just get back into the team because that's that's what he likes and that's what his preferences are. So I think there's so many factors that can affect it. But 
it, it, like I say, it's, 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 it, we just find ourselves in a bit of an, in another um, very unusual situation, which which the whole thing, but, you know, it has been, hasn't it? It's mm. No one. No, <laughs> one thing, Martin. Before. I remember Martin saying at the beginning was, um, you know, there's there's no there's no script. There's no script yeah, to be able to go yeah. about what you need to go. How you need to go about it. So, um, I'm reading a couple. The LMA give me a couple of books about management because obviously I've, I've become a member, having been in the role. And I was reading one of them on the coach yesterday. It was the first sixty or first ninety days. It's called. Um, only brief little little books, and I started reading it. And I went to one of the staff. What's the point of me reading this? Because he's got nothing in there that's got anything that I can relate to. <laughs> he's telling me about yeah. presenting yourself to the board and managing up and you know, managing play and how you how you approach this and how you approach that. I said that there's nothing in here that can at the moment I've read so far that can tell me about being an orient manager in the circumstances that I've had to do it in. So um, the whole thing's been been very very surreal, but mm. it it makes. If you don't kill you, make you stronger, or whatever. I, I know that whoever comes in now is going to get an assistant manager that that's uh, you know. I feel at the moment I feel bulletproof. Having had to have dealt with what I've dealt with over the last however many months it's been, I know that one thing I'm probably not going to feel too much is is pressure, and I'll be able to help that person to you know to the best of my ability. And I know going back into that role that my sole focus now is to not just be a good assistant. I want to be the best. I want to be you know. I want to take this club wherever we, I can take, but I want to be the best at this, and, and wherever it can, yeah, it will take me. I want yeah. to be the best number two that that there is, and I want that person to come in and go like, yeah, I can see why this guy chose to do what he's doing rather than rather than take the job permanently. Love it, love to hear that. So obviously that went out at eleven a.m. So thanks to us for doing that <laughs> on the morning. That a new podcast from Sorry, like, absolutely. I'll be honest, it. I sort of <laughs> alluded to, didn't I? I spoke to you about coming on here today, and I said to you. Um, something about we'll confirm the date or the time or whatever I was speaking to Elliot in the morning yeah we had no idea we did a twig the next message I got from him was you said you were talking to Elliot but I didn't know it was going to be that yeah that's exactly what I said yeah (laughs) it's unbelievable (laughs) complete like that emoji with the thing covering its eyes (laughs) so huge amount of views this is a bit bizarre because I didn't think we'd be reading these in front of you at the time but I guess that's the way it's panned out so for me I'll keep it short and sweet made me quite sad um, if I'm honest but obviously knowing the reasons and having you on here now you've explained yourself really well and I'll just thank you I'll just say that you can hold your head up high for what you've done in the interim role do you know what I mean It's it's been like you said surreal is probably the best way to describe it in terms of who would have thought coming out of the 27th of April home to Braintree at that point what the next six months for Leighton Orient and yourself and for everyone at the club would hold do you know what I mean you wouldn't no one would have ever foresaw that. Mm. So no, and, and uh, sorry to interrupt, but with like, with that for me is I've mentioned a few times about like the Braintree game. I knew it was going to be a massive day in the club's history, you know. And although it's like the worst thing, and what you know, worst ex- one of the worst experiences in my life, and, and and certainly in my career, obviously what we've what we've what we experienced with losing Justin. For me to have managed a club through a point in the like an incredible moment in the club's history is something that like I'd like wish someone could take it away from me but at the same time to be able to look back on this and say that I've yeah. I've gone about it to the best of my my abilities and done it in the way that you know that that, that I thought was best 
in the circumstances is obviously something that you know it fills me with immense pride. But at the same time, it's obviously just still really, really sad in terms of yeah. in terms of how it came around. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Right, let's get some views in there. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, right, no, we, I, I don't have anything different to add to what you've already said. Sorry, I think I'll it was, in there. Just, no, 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 you're more than welcome to butt in. So loads of reaction as you would expect. Um, LOFC 1978 so correct decision and fair play to Ross for acknowledging that reading the statement I think it's clear that he wouldn't have taken the job under any other circumstances yeah and El Castaneto said nothing but respect and pride for what he's done there's a recurring theme here mate yeah. uh, wasn't 100% sure he'd make the transition but stepped up when the club needed him uh, needed help true O and top man Harlow Orient said uh, is it the correct decision only time will tell, but after what happened in the summer, Ross has handled himself superbly and has the club's best interests at heart. Uh, Danielle Gra- uh, Daniela Graham said, It's a shame, but not a huge surprise given the run of results lately. Hope people now acknowledge what he has managed to do for the club in difficult circumstances. Willow Gaffer says, I think it's the right decision. Ross is a club man through and through, but he's not a manager. It takes balls to admit that and be so honest. It's been tough for the whole club, but we need to keep moving forward. Otherwise, Justin's work with Ross assisting will be wasted. Uh, Molly Folly 2019 said, My respect for Ross has increased tenfold. I did not want to be critical, but having followed the O's for 45 years, it was clear to me that he was not a manager and certainly not a Justin. His professionalism and maturity in coming to this conclusion himself is admirable. Does it frustrate you when people compare you to Justin? Because I, I do see a few and I think There's not, not... That's not a comparison to Justin. No, but he's saying it was clear he wasn't a Justin. Yeah. yeah, I think there's two ways of looking at that. I don't think that there is a Justin. There's only one. There was only yeah. one and he, and he, you know, he um, he brought some, so, much, so many special things to the club. So the one, one thing that I never wanted to do was try to replicate him. There was nothing in there that I thought to myself, right, of course, like, he, he, he was... Fantastic, and I learned so much off of him. And there was things that I did every day that I thought, yeah, I, I like that. That's good. That's, that's that's signs of a good manager. That's what a good manager does. So of course you try to take all of those things. But then I would have done the same things from things I saw when I worked at Bournemouth very out. So it's not it's not you know things that I would have taken from when Martin was manager. All those sorts of things. Dean Smith. You sort of look at people that have had a real big effect on you and what you like and how you would yeah. you know you can take from them. So. Um, I think we have to be careful now to not now think we're going to get who's going to come in and be Justin the next Justin because yeah. that's not that's not a thing. Not we, well. That's why we that's why we miss him so much because he was he was him and he he was special at what he did. He had his yeah. faults, he had his strengths, we, like we all do. Um, so it doesn't really frustrate me. It's more. Um, it, it, it's I, I wish I had him to when I when it was tough or when I needed to think about a change that I wanted to make or yeah. a decision that, that that I needed a little bit of a nudge in the direction with. Then obviously I would have loved to have had him have him making it really rather than rather than me having to yeah. go to him. But it, it, it you know I'm, I'm I'm not him and I'm not we're we're so different, which is probably why why we had to, you know, went towards why we had some success mm. last year is because. He was fantastic at what he was fantastic at, and I I tried to help do the things that he didn't do or he didn't want to do or he you know wasn't part of his role you know so mm. never 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 want to fill his shoes and, and have never tried to to be honest so great point great point Orient Meat Pie says the club and Russ were in an impossible position in the summer and appointing an outsider just wouldn't have been palatable to anyone but Ross stepped up and did his best in tough circumstances with players who struggled to step up pleased he's staying. And the board is being decisive. Orient Dave said, "Shame would have liked to have given, 
would like him to given it a bit longer as fixtures and step up have proven tough. Think things would have improved, but Ross will know where the management is for him and made the best decision. Vlatas underscore ceases. Correct decision. When grieving, you need familiar and compassionate people to surround you and comfort you. And after such a huge loss, Ross has provided that and the foundations and the bridging mechanism to what it should be. But now we look into the future proper. George Girk said, we all have to give this guy a massive thank you. Yes, the start hasn't been great, but if there is anyone who cared more than any other person about the results, it was Ross. Glad he's still on board. Now we just need to get the right replacement. Mourinho, anyone? Yeah, get him in, we? Well, he's unemployed, so you know, yeah, he's got a mortgage to pay. I don't suppose he'd take too much money, would it? No, if it is Mourinho, just blink once with your left eye. At <laughs> <laughs> Lubert 84 says, <laughs> <So it's> not <laughs> sure this is the correct decision. Only time will tell. Nothing but the utmost respect for Ross. He's handled himself with such gratitude and honesty. And thank you, Ross. Orion 0546480 said, Ridiculous. There's no 100% proof a new manager can turn it around. 10 games in and people calling for Ross's head. He's shameful, really, after the tragedy of losing Justin. Thanks, Ross, for giving it a go. Uh, Orient Electric says, Desperately wanted it to work for Ross. Comes across as a lovely guy and Orient through and through. It's the best decision, though. It's not working and an experienced manager is now a must. Uh, Lyndon Orient said, Sad it didn't work out. I don't know what everyone expected this season. Bizarre, but I will say, even the negative fans will say they are pleased Ross is still at the club. What he deserves, worked hard, He's a good man and passionate. Felt players have let him down. At Rich P242 says, I don't think anyone wanted Ross to lead the club, but it's the right decision to revert to his previous role. The club and Ross did the only thing they could in the summer, in my opinion, and the squad is actually good enough to push for the playoffs. But Ross certainly has my respect and my thanks. Uh, Garden Courtman said, Ross needed a little bit more luck, but that is the fine margins in football between failing and being a success. Could he have given it a bit longer? Sure, but Ross realised he didn't have time. Losing the guile and craft of Joby didn't help. Barker, 72, says, Correct decision from a man who has tried his best under difficult circumstances. He has the best interest of the club at heart. And also, probably isn't a big fan of his missus taking stick from clueless mm-hmm. halfwits. What's the story with that? I feel like probably have to ask you. This yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. And she is, to be honest. So the, the, well, I obviously know who it was, but... Um, I feel it was having a, a bit a go up. At, having, having a go at my missus, you probably would have been better off having a go at me because I wouldn't have a go at her. <laughs> <laughs> like that. So he's probably nah, would have been better off coming if, if you're listening, Ali, we no, I've told have. her. I've told her. Um, he would have been better off coming having a pop at me, if I'm brutally honest. But look, I think there was a lot made of it. I don't know how big it was or how bad it was. She's, she's I genuinely mean that she's capable of fighting her own corner. Um... I think the biggest thing that upset me is that I think I don't think anybody's wife and kids should be should have to go to a game and suffer any stick like right. that. Right. Whoever they are, however bad things get, I have suffered. My mum and dad were attacked by Swindon fans when I worked at Swindon no at a game, um, and I obviously put it down to different circumstances and and whatever else, but. Last year, a big thing that I used to talk about whenever whenever the gaffer didn't want to do the press and I would go out and do it afterwards was a lot of the stuff I used to say about was what, about what family club we are. And I, and I genuinely think we are. And the fact that someone wants to behave like a donut and have a pop at someone's family doesn't take that away. But at the same time, we have to be careful that if we're a, we're a family club, let's yeah, behave absolutely. like a family yeah. club. And the one thing that I would say is the response that I've had from people that saw it and were around the incident 
their response fills me with satisfaction knowing that people do stick by you and people are safe. do sit. And yeah. I think I think people will know and won't know who it was that that, that gave her the the stick at, at, at Colchester. But I think what people have to be conscious of is if you go to games of football and you want you're willing to put yourself in a position where you're aggressive and you're uh, personal towards somebody's family, then you have to deal with the consequences. You have to deal with the backlash that people are going to get. You have to deal with the fact that people are going to stick up for them and people are going to it's going to put people's noses out. But at a club that is a family club and and people's families are treated in the manner that they are. We have a fantastic atmosphere. My kids, my kids cannot be any more Orient. They cannot. They love it. My missus, um, f- football, take or leave it, from whenever I've met her, which is probably some of the attraction, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that she can put football where it is. But she has taken to this club and, and uh, embraced it. She loves it. And I would never want them to lose that. Whether I'm here for the next, you know, it's while I'm standing in the dugout or in time if I've ever moved on that we can still come back and you know it's their club as much as it's mine now so that was what upset me the most and the fact that they were in a vulnerable position but I don't want to get myself to a position where I think oh, I'm not going to let them go to this game or I'm going to select that or no 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 oh, Mark can they go and sit in the director's box no my kids want to sit with Orient fans singing Orient songs my missus wants to sit with the people that she sits with when she's in the gallery and and that sort of thing. So I don't want that to have to stop. So what I don't want is I don't want us to get to a position where I have to be worried about whether we're going to win a game of football, mm. where we are in the league, preparing a team, picking a team, whether the players are on board and ready and to go for it. Oh, is my missus all right? Understand? No, that's not. That's that. That for me shouldn't be a thing for anyone. And that's what. That's what. That's what. Obviously, what upset me the most was someone had had a pop them. But at the same time, that. That follows up as well to make me think. Well, no, that's not that's not how we behave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul underscore LT two P said Ross has still got a massive job to do. He knows the club so well and will have to guide the new manager. The new man will have a director of football and an established coaching team, so the transition is key. I for one know he'll be up for it. Thank you, Ross. Kevin Cowlin says I have the utmost respect and thanks to Ross, who's done an almost impossible job in the circumstances. I feel sad and angry. A small minority of our fan base turned on him so quickly, seemingly ignorant of what the club has gone through. Still think he may have succeeded, given time. Les LK52 said, People forget he took that role at a time when, because of circumstances, no other manager would have taken the job. Now that mantle is passed over much easier. Fine margins. Hold on to Exeter for that win. And the penalty versus crew goes in. It literally is a different ballgame. The underscore O underscore and Aloha says, Embleton put the club's interest above his own. When he took on the role, he's putting the club's interest first again now. He has my utmost respect and sincere thanks for everything he has done for this club. Uh, Chris Kane underscore 1992 said, I think it was an incredibly tough position from the offset. Whatever the situation, I don't think he could have won. If we were doing well, it would be someone else's team. If we were not doing well, what would someone else do? He's got my respect and hope we move on positively. That's a great tweet there from Chris. I heart Rushmore says, I hope this proves right in time. I feel for Ross, I think he's led the side with dignity. Given the situation, I'm not sure we should have asked or expected more, but interested to see what type of manager we go for next and hope they get full support from fans. Chris Robson, 11.63, said a couple of games gone uh, gone in last minute. A couple of games gone in last minute does not make him a bad manager. Appreciate you stepped down to take the pressure off the club. and Be careful what you wish for. Just promoted, doing okay. 
consolidate. Martin Spugnas is a possible position to be in and full respect for Ross to have the balls to set up and take the job. The squad needed to settle and help to move on. Ross has done this, but now we need to move forward. I think Ross could have got this right and there's been nothing but honest and hashtags it one of our own. Yeah, um, at Dean underscore Seven Cox, a former Orient player, Dean Cox said, Fair play to Ross for doing what he has done in such hard circumstances. A big appointment, this one needs to be right. I do believe whoever the man is to come in needs a busy transfer window come January. More quality and more experience on the pitch needed. So that Monday morning, 11am, our phones were going mental. I can't even imagine what your phone was going mental. <laughs> Turned it off, right? <laughs> I've, had, um, I've had, in the last, since we played Braintree, I've had three times where I've not been able to pick my phone up for a day. I've had to just put it down and say, no, I can't do it. Obviously, when we come off the pitch at Braintree after winning the league, then obviously with, with with what happens adjusting and then and then last week it was uh it was completely nuts um one thing i would add if you finish reading the tweets there is yeah. that uh i don't I, you two know and i think most people know now is i don't take notice of of social media because it would be naive of mm. me to do so um and i think the best way that i sum it up when people because people i think people think i'm lying and think that probably I secretly have a little have a little glance, but the best way that I can describe it, one of the mascots' dads asked me the other week about it, and I said to him, before the Port Vale game, and I said to him, let me just explain something to you, that when we played Mansfield, and I was walking off that pitch at half-time, if I could pick up my phone and read Twitter, people would have been asking me if we'd be hung up and attacked to whatever degree that people yeah, could get their hands on, on and, 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 and do to me because we were 2-0 down away to Mansfield. 45 minutes later, I guarantee if I'd have picked it up again, that I'd have been some kind of hero that should have been carried home on people's shoulders from Mansfield. <laughs> so I think that, for me, sums up the reason why I don't do it and why I can't do it, is because I think it's just a murky water and, and a danger for me. But what I would add is that hearing you two read them things out is... This is what you miss out I miss on. out on it, yeah. and I miss out on it. But unfortunately, I have to miss out on it because yeah, hard and of, fast I can't be swayed yeah. and I can't... I can't afford to listen to people's opinions and they're totally entitled to it. The only thing I don't like about social media is when it becomes personal and, and mm. stuff like that. But fortunately for me, I can get myself in a mindset and a frame of mind. I don't need to pay it any attention. But then at the same time, it's very, very sad because I don't get to... You know, it's fantastic that I've, I've been able to listen to you read them things out because it genuinely blows me away. And there's been moment, a few moments in the last week or so where I get tingles down my spine because of the way people talk about me and the way that mm. people have have you know have shown me so much support so I thank people so much for doing that and I, and I really appreciate that if you've put something on there that has been acknowledged like that in uh in the last week or so then I thank everybody that that's done it unfortunately like I say I don't get get to see it and I don't hold anything against the people that are that are negative it's people's yeah. opinions and, and, and ultimately that's you know that's what that's the way of the world now isn't it I think there's also a lot that we didn't read <laughs> that we probably could have read I mean that was only a snippet of what was going on and that uh, was a lot on Eric Armand. that was quite a lot you mentioned Mansfield did that steward really not know who you were like Matt Harold said to me yesterday it's quite uh, you know what the biggest thing I've loved so much about and I, I've said to you is about about how profile doesn't bother me um the biggest thing I've, I've, I've liked so much is how many people 
like the disrespect I've 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 had from like referees who haven't got a clue who I am. <laughs> yeah. I have opposition managers I think sometimes who look at me and go like, "Who's this geezer coming over to shake my hand before the game?" Because they don't really know who I am, and I love that. I love that. I yeah, love I that, that I have that thing over people. And when we played Salford away, the referee spoke to me like I was a piece of dirt on his shoe. And I said to him, don't just talk to me like you think I'm an idiot. Don't talk to me because you don't really know who I am. Show me some respect. And the look on his face, because it was that realisation of like, yeah, basically I've just spoke to this bloke like he was, he could have been anybody. Mm. And he's acknowledged the fact that I've looked at it. So I love that. I love that I've had that part of me. In, you know that the people don't really know who I am and don't really know much about me the Mansfield thing was something that, that, that night as a whole was magnificent and, and I can say now that you know that my, the team that I was responsible for got a result like that and gave, gave those travelling fans that, that moment to, to remember which is a fantastic feeling but I completely lost where I was completely didn't genuinely like that They've got a video of me, the, the staff, of running down the line and the, the goal goes in and their defender boots the ball away. And as I'm running down the line to celebrate, I've volleyed a ball as I'm running. So like everyone's seen the celebrations, but there's actually a volley that comes it comes to me. And I He's just, cleared it and you yeah, just, and I just volley it. it into the stand Top and carry bit. on running, um, which is even funnier. But I got, to, I got there and it was brilliant because I was in the celebration and then he grabbed me and... He grabbed me and I was like, it was like me picking my seven-year-old son up. He just had his arms around me, bear-hugging me and I couldn't go nowhere. And it, I, I was just laughing because I knew that he didn't have a clue who I was. And why should he? Why would he expect the manager yeah, yeah. to be in the, in, the, in the away end? So there was that. And then Del Gorman went bonkers, grabbing him. Get off him, get off him, he's the manager. And the bloke was just looking, holding me like I was a child. And um, as he done it, like the supervisor come running over and he went, yeah, he's right, he's a manager, get off him. Like, and the bloke was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, no, it's not your fault, you're doing your job. I just look like a little toe rag that jumped over the fence <laughs> and jumped in the celebration. So yeah, I genuinely don't think he had any idea of what I was, but Amazing. one, like I say, most mm. people don't know who I am, and two, why would you expect the manager to be down there yeah, doing yeah. what, what I was doing? So. Amazing photo. Incredible. Amazing Incredible. photo of an amazing evening. So obviously loads of names that came in. We'll just mention a few <coughs> names that came in, yeah? Yeah. First up, again, this was all from two weeks ago, but I've not changed it. Sol Campbell. Yeah, Chris Powell. Uh, Derek Adams and Ian Holloway. Jimmy Flood Hasselbank. Um... Adrian Whitbread was was thrown into the mix, but he's got some business out in yeah, America, America that he's setting up. A couple of weeks ago, actually. Chris Powell is in the England setup. Uh, Ian Holloway is busy doing his media. Phil Parkinson stuff. Phil Parkinson is probably out. Um, want if you like. That's uh, probably that. fair to say. Dave uh, Channer from Fylde, uh, although they're not having the best of seasons. Um, Kevin Nolan, someone shouted. Yeah, Kevin Nolan. Gary Johnson. Alex Inglethorpe, someone yeah. suggested throwing it out there. He's probably got a very tidy number as the Liverpool oh, Academy going so busy. And he's, he's, and he's outstanding at what he does as well, Alex. So, uh, yeah. He's brought through a lot of good talent for yeah. them recently as well, hasn't he? John um, Steele was mentioned. So lots more names. Someone mentioned. said, How about a woman, though? Didn't name a, a female, yeah. didn't name a lady's name, but how about a woman? Yeah. It's going to happen one day. Why shouldn't Lake Norrent be the first? That was Phil Mellows. But yeah, there, there was a lot of names thrown out there, but. Yeah. So yeah, so then we had 
Um, oh dear, where are we? 50 minutes and we've only just come to, uh, we're still on Monday. Uh, in the <laughs> evening, uh, we played Tower Hamlets away in the London Senior Cup. The team lined up with Sam Sargent in goal, Miles Judd, Sweeney, McLenaghan, Ogie, Francis, or Francois Vernal, uh, Adeyemi, Kiprianu, Hammond, Satorio and Papadopoulos. With subs of Janata, Marfo, Sivi, Ifeanyi and Solomon. So a lot of names there that we probably mostly wouldn't recognise. Um, so it's fair to say that it was a young side that we've put yeah, out there. Yeah, it was so. a good competition for us, that is, that, that London Cup, because it just gives them boys... Obviously, if if any of the established players, or, you know, Sarge played that night, Juddy did the need, uh, Shadrach. Yeah. If any of that, Ruel, if any of those need to play, it's a credible competition. Yeah. Um, so it's a good reserve fixture for us. Um but at the same time, it gives them boys that platform and opportunity to, to play games, but at the same mm. time to play against men as well. So, so, so Tori, you've got the goal. Yeah, won the game. He looks like he's coming on quite nicely. He scored, obviously, for Cyprus. Uh, about scored a great goal, goal weeks ago. Yeah, 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 against against scored in he's gone away again. He goes today, him and both him and Hector Kiprianu. At Cyprus, uh, yeah. Royal's gone with the 21s. Hector's gone with the 19s. Um, but they've both been, both been called up and... It was a good game. He, he, he had a he had a very good first half in that one. Ruel, he, he, it's just a difficult situation for him. That really trying to trying to get in in front of the, some of the strikers that we've got, and then at the same time, you know, he needs to play games in order to show what he's mm. what he's about. Yeah, loan possible, loan him out, or would you rather keep him in the squad? Um, no, it's it's something that's been discussed. Uh, something that's been discussed. Uh, when or if he, he takes that opportunity, it'll be, um, be something that we, we'll look at for him as we go along the way. Great stuff. So, Satori's so goal won the match as we move on to Tahue Tuesday, the 24th of September. And time to wish happy birthday to Linda Brogan. We hope she had a lovely day despite the weather. Yes. I'm sorry and that it's. Sponsors. Yes, yes, she oh, is. Really? Yeah, her and Karen, yeah. Yep. Uh, Wednesday the 25th of September then Hendon oh we should have got you to read that one out then Hendon yeah. FC announced that they've been drawn at home to us in the second round of the Senior Cup so having just beaten Tower Hamlets the night before uh, they then announced that we had been drawn against them and the date of the fixture is to be confirmed that yeah. was a weird one that we were drawn to play before we beat Tower Hamlets we were playing Woodford whoever won were playing Woodford Town we beat them and then they were playing Hendon I don't know what happened there bonkers <laughs> <laughs> Proper cup, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the evening, we interviewed arguably our greatest ever loan signing, Kevin Campbell, which is available on all our usual podcast platforms. I must say that was a great, great interview. He 50, was awesome. Uh, Fifty-seven minutes long, considering that was thirty years ago. He remembers it like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah before great like, loan we're signing, all of a similar age as we yeah. sit around this table, so we all started following the club sort of in the nineties. Yeah, and he was just before our time, and I'm gutted. That yeah, I, I remember him. I remember it happening I remember him being on loan but I can't really tell you how much about no. it no. great great what interview so I'm sure you've listened awesome. to it if you haven't go back into our archives and listen to it it is a put a smile on your face for 57 minutes can I just say I'd put him in the same category as Jay Simpson played big time big name attracts a lot of attention thought he was going to be big time as well much the way as I thought and I've said it to Jay so no not talking out of turn that I thought they'd turn up be big time this big like I'm this big foot and they're the complete oh opposite. right yeah sorry when you said big time I thought you meant like the level that they were playing at both uh, yeah, but yeah, both but in themselves yeah, yeah, because no, no, they played at that from. level yeah, but no yeah. ego but absolutely no ego whatsoever family people honest yeah. decent straight up 
That's good to hear. Yeah. Jay, I, Jay, obviously, I can, I can say that accurately. But Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, as, as no, we no, can as well. Completely yeah. like, I thought, oh, I was Kevin Cat. He's like in the media all the time now. Mm. You know, it's, uh, absolutely stellar. Absolutely yeah, stellar people. We've been very lucky. Yeah, really. Been very cool. lucky. Really cool. So, so that's that's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Alexas, all, all the usual stuff, yeah. So Thursday, the 26th September, a quiet day with no news at the club. And then on the 27th of September, it was the 30th birthday of the Orient ladies' captain, Danielle Griffiths. So a very, very happy birthday to you. We hope you had a great day. Yeah, so the birthdays didn't stop there. Saturday, the 28th September, happy 21st birthday to Dan. Happy. Yeah, youth team were in action. Uh, they were in action against Luton Town. Uh, we won that game 2-1 thanks to goal from Jeremy Sivy, a last-minute winner from Lawrence Hammond. So well done to the young O's. So it's time for Port Vale at home, which was the main event. So we are very, very briefly going to cover Port Vale, obviously, because it was a Saturday week ago. So in our Twitter poll that we normally do, we had 190 votes and 19% of you thought it would be a draw. 23% thought we would lose, but a staggering 58% thought the Orient would win that pre-match. Yeah. So the team lined up, you named Dean Brewing Gold, Ling at Pateta, Coulson, Happy and Widdison, Claywright, Marsh and Dennis with Wilkinson up top. On the substitutes bench was Sam Sargent, OG, OG or OG? OG. OG, uh, Gorman, JMD, Brophy, Alabi and Matt Harold. So happy started birthday boy. Craig Clay was also recalled to the starting eleven with OG on the bench, whilst XO Sean Brisley was on the bench himself for Port Vale. So five at the back of this one, Ross, you changed up a little bit from your four to your five. What was the thinking behind that one? Um, it was to try and get... Um, I'm thinking back now. Uh, <laughs> to try and get... Uh, where did we set up? Three mid- yeah, so we had three in midfield, and I was just I was keen to get Connor and Louis up front. So it was, I, was, I, was, I wanted to get a, uh, a shape to us where we would be solid in midfield. Uh, and then have two strikers at the top end of the pitch, down the middle, planning probably what is their uh, their most natural positions, if you like. So I know the um, the three at the back, five at the back, whatever you want to call it, um, has had some different opinions and different views. But it was a system that we were very solid in last year, um, and I still think you have got the capabilities of being very solid in that in that system. We knew that. Uh, they were very aggressive. They, we knew that they had big Pope up front, yeah. and he was going to be an am form. So we yeah. felt that having the big three big centre halves in the team was going to be really, really important to us. Um, and we started the game really, really well. My disappointment was the fact that we once we scored, or five, four or four minutes after we'd scored, we sat back a little bit, and then that system is where that's where the, where it's flawed because you become five at the back. I play it and call it three at the back because I genuinely believe that Marv, Josh and Dan are the three at the back and, and Joe and, and Sam can play higher up the pitch because you've got three in the middle that gives you a bit more security and they can be a little bit more aggressive to to get up the pitch but what we didn't do then is we didn't we didn't build on that we that we ended up getting forced back and then you become a five and then there's big spaces across the pitch so looked like we'd got it right to start the game yeah. um and then I felt like we let ourselves down. A part of me understands a little bit that, you know, we hadn't, hadn't won for a few games. People feel a little bit pressure. Sometimes you go go up and you and you and you tense up. Sometimes a go against you frees you up, and you probably think we've got got nothing to lose now. We've got to go for it anyway. Um, whereas you think that the goal to your favour would would give you a lift, and and it it didn't quite have the effect. Albeit we we carried on 
like I say four or five minutes afterwards we created another good opportunity we looked we looked like we mm. started the game well we just went a little bit negative like that and, we, and, and then and then it obviously we know how the, how the rest of the half panned out so you it's, it's a long sorry it's a long time to defend a 1-0 lead as well if you're getting it that early in the game so you yeah. can't afford to sit back I think the other thing is as well it's a long time to defend in general but I think when you're, if, when you're away from home you start you, you might if you're defending a little bit deeper and you're mm. in that system then the opposition's supporters can get frustrated because you're a goal up and you have a different mindset but then when you're at home you have a responsibility to raise your own crowd and raise the tempo and, and keep you know gung-ho but you've still got to try to create and be positive and otherwise your fans get restless and you know as a as a knock-on effect to the team so I think that was what we didn't do well enough after giving ourselves a really good opportunity. So you just summed up the first half perfectly. So Josh Wright scores after two minutes. We start backing off and then I think they scored two in the space of five minutes. Yeah. Burgess scored from a rebound. It was quite unlucky, I thought. Because yeah, I think, was that the one that hit Marvin? If it, it doesn't get deflected, I think Brook yeah. is probably saving that. Yeah. And then I think we, the ground got a bit tense. Yeah. We can see there's a poor goal from the corner. I think it's probably fair to say his yeah, leg yes. has done it a couple of times to us, I think, in the past. Just the right place, right time. And went in at 2-1 down. And obviously at half-time you change it up. So I think you brought Marv off for... Uh, Harold. Matt Harold. Yeah, so yeah I said that. yesterday um, to Dave Victor after the game that I probably haven't used Matt well enough this year. I've been, I've, no, no, you know. I hold my hands up to that and say that there's been times possibly where I look back and I think to myself, should have brought him on there. Um, and I haven't done uh, and I've had that conversation with him, I'm sure he won't mind me, mind me saying it, is that I've said to him that there's times where I should have brought him on and used him a little bit more. So probably in, a little bit at the forefront of my mind and forefront of my thinking, because um, he does everything properly. You know, a lot of that was made last year of how well he goes about his business. He's, he's a great character around the dressing room and around the training ground. So, he's aggressive um, as well, isn't Yeah, it? yeah, and it, it was really important to me once I'd, once that... It's very hard to assess once you're in it, while you're in it, and when when results are not going in your favour, it's so hard to sometimes see the wood through the trees. Mm. Um, but once that sort of was in my mind for Matt, I think once I knew that we weren't great, and the, and the circumstances in the game were how they were, and how Port Vale played, I thought it would be a good opportunity to get Matt in the, Matt on the pitch and get a few people around him. And I thought he he set the tone for the second half. Really, Matt did he dragged us. He dragged us in that direction. He did. Really, he played yeah really well. And in the 59th minute, for me, probably our goal of the season so far. I mean, we had a brilliant view of it. Cross comes in, gets headed out. Wilkinson one touch on the trap. Yeah. And then Kells a beautiful guard to the yeah. back of that. Kind of yeah. fantastic. Goal. Yeah, he had a similar one yesterday. The goal he saved actually. So he's got that ability. When we played Dagnum last year, Joe, Joe Austin, and the analyst, he highlighted Connor's ability from outside the box as well as what he is in the box, but. He highlighted his, his finishing from distance. He's, he's of real quality, and you see him do it all the time in training. Oh, really? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. He'd done it in that soccer AM thing, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's, so, a he's talented, he talented, talented that, boy. Yeah. Very talented boy. I think he's starting to show that now. So it's all became a really kind of open game, a bit of a scuff, um, <laughs> which we had a great view of, to be fair. Yeah. And the vet, I thought at that point, the ground was really starting to build, to like, build in the yeah, south. The atmosphere really was, yeah. But then we had a bit of a sucker punch with, what, six minutes to go. Um, Port Bow took the lead, ball into the box, wasn't dealt with. Um, and Taylor curls an effort, absolutely superb effort to be fair, uh, to make it 3-2 with just a few minutes left to go. So 
we're thinking, oh, we just got ourselves back into the game. We had a strong second half, and we get sucker punched because we don't, we're not clinical enough in our box. Yeah, it was a little bit like that, wasn't it? And and also, it's one of them ones as well. As great as it was to be stood behind Connor's one to see it fly in the top corner. I was stood right behind that one going in the other end and yeah. he, as it left his foot you think, oh really? Like, <laughs> why, why don't you just hit someone in the head and go wide or why yeah. it in the post yeah. or sinks in the top or corner? scuffs it. Oh, you're kidding me. Um, so yeah, we didn't defend it great but at the same time it was an unbelievable finish. Unbelievable finish. Yeah, really good finish. So the ball went up six minutes of injury time which is always time, well, time to score. Within six, six minutes lots we, of time. In the 92nd minute, probably the loudest as a rise what I've heard in the last few months, is James E putting a fantastic low first-time cross. Josh Wright was kind of waiting there, kind of angles himself brilliantly, somehow got an amazing amount of power and direction onto his header. Unbelievable header, wasn't it? And we thought it was going to hit the post and come up, but we are again. Yeah. And when you saw it hit the it, you knew it was going to be the keeper. And when it kind of bounced in off the post, I mean... The, the raw and the south stand was limbs. Yeah. What was it like? Oh, it was Josh came over to you, right? Yeah, it did. From that, uh, like, you know, great moment. But Webby said he, as soon as it left his head, it, the angle he was sitting at, it, it was going in. So he, he said it. There was no doubt. Out. It was. Whereas I'm, I was, I, I, you know, being in that position, you, you're always thinking something's going to go wrong. Do you know what I mean? So it hit the post, and I thought, oh no, same sort of thing. I've got like, as if that's. Um, but yeah, incredible, incredible, and then for Josh to you know to come over and celebrate the way he did was 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 fantastic. He, he, I don't know what what the general opinion has been on Josh's performances, but I think he's been outstanding since he's been here. I think he's been he's come in and fitted into the group. I can see exactly why Justin uh, valued and had such a strong relationship with him because of the way that he works, the type of pro that he is, his attitude, his desire to win. Um, all those sorts of things, and then you know the quality of his performances, have uh, I think have been sometimes can go a little bit unnoticed, but for me, I think he's been outstanding. So it, it was a it was a great moment that he came over and did that. Yeah, we almost nicked it. Kind of hit another one, and that, if you imagine that, oh, imagine that's that's it. That's yeah. it. in ninety six, it'd have been more shit than carrying out the ground somewhere. <laughs> on what an absolute turnaround that'd have been. So, I think I said to you in post match, it felt more like a win than a draw. Yeah, definitely. And and like I said to you earlier, the big thing that we tried to I tried to say to the players was, come on, let 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 this be a, uh, like before the game. Let's let's use this as our, you know, our, our step forward today. You know, where we look back and say this is where it turned. You, you referred to it earlier. I don't know if we was live or when I, when I first arrived. About someone said that the. Josh's header could be a big moment in, mm. in the season yeah. but that was something before the game of like come on boys this really used today as, as our where we look back and say yeah that's where it started to go in our favour um, and, and, and we did didn't we so it's um, yeah the, the boys have used it as a real you know real, real platform to build on yeah. I'd like to mention your ovation at the final whistle so obviously the full time whistle when the players were out on their feet I mean both sets of players on the floor like absolutely knackered yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you said, it did feel like a win because of the nature of our last minute equaliser. And then the other thing is as well with that is the feeling like a win is how many times it's gone against us. Mm. You know, how magnificent Mansfield, we covered it earlier, but how magnificent Mansfield was, um, you know, our, our deflating, albeit it was a good point away to exit, to let one in so late, was so disappointing in the crew game. You know, you sort of think, come on, there's got to be a time where where it, where it turns for us. And albeit we didn't get the three points, excuse me, that we wanted, 
the fact that we got one and got ourselves back in the game and we were the team coming off of a spring in our step rather than the ones being needed to be picked up and carried off for once was you know, was a real good real good feeling that we wanted to wanted to hang on to. Mm. And obviously that full time whistle goes and there's not there wasn't the normal rush to get out. And I don't know if it was because that last minute or a combination of what had been announced during the week, but pretty much everyone in the South End just didn't Stayed. go down the stairs. And mm, obviously yeah. you could see, you went to the North and then you go to the East and I could see you approaching the South and then suddenly, like... The noise. He's one of our own kicks off. does me now, like we're talking about now. But, yeah. You've seen all the footage, because Elliot asked for anyone who had footage of that. Yeah, my brother, my brother, my brother showed me a couple of things and it... I always do it. I, my, I always say, I've always said to my dad that um, like when, you know, when I, when when I worked at well. Swindon I would always try to do it but um, when since I've been here I've always done it and I always remember when we were suffering a little bit under Steve I remember someone going to me I don't want to see you walking around the pitch clapping and I was like well, I'm not going to stop doing it because I want to show people my, my appreciation win, lose or draw and I'd like to think well I know I have I've been consistent in every single game that I've been here at whether it be 700 people there for a checker trade game or whatever or a FA trophy game or whatever it might be I would still always show my appreciation because I genuinely genuinely you know love the fact that people follow us and give us their support whether it's you know whether it's through the good or the bad so I'd always like to be able I would always maintain doing that obviously it's a lot nicer to do it when we win and the celebrations are a lot a lot lot better but so I obviously just set out to do that at the end and um there's a few people sort of shouting and in, in as I got round the ground, but as soon as I sort of got towards, I think it was Sam Ling I was talking to as I was walking towards the south stand, and and then I could hear people singing my name. I just, I, I genuinely, genuinely, when I mean it, when I say I could not believe that people were singing my name, I I said it to Dave, but I said to you after the game, but four people at Soliel were standing by the bus when I got on the bus at Solio and they were singing my name and I got home and I was telling the kids and they were going like, what were they singing, Dad? Like, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. I got the same yesterday. It was, it, but I got, it's hard to put it into words, you know, it's, it, for people to show me that that support and that appreciation is... I, I could probably use the phrase, I won't, it's something I won't forget, but never, ever will I be able to forget forget that I'm so disappointed my mum and dad weren't at the game and Natalie and Poppy weren't there either but Oliver was and, and yeah, yeah, yeah he was there and my brother sort of videoed some bit but yeah, no one can take that away from yeah. me now no one can take away from the fact that he's and I was, was standing before the game yesterday watching people come into the ground and Mikey a fitness coach said to me it's amazing isn't it the commitment that people make to come in to watch a, watch a football team or watch anything but but Obviously, in this instance, we were talking about supporters, and I went to. I'd love to do it though, wouldn't you? I'd love to do. I wouldn't you love to be over there now? And you look at me like I was mad. I said to him, "No, obviously, I love being <laughs> on here and doing this bit, but that like I love it. I love it. I listen. I see people and I see people, you know, follow the club so passionately, and then for them to for them to show me that that appreciation is like I say, never, I'll never ever forget that. Yeah, amazing, amazing moment. So that point meant that we stayed 21st in League 2, we played 11, 1-2, drawn 4, lost 5, with a goal difference of minus 6 and 10 points. I thought we'd just do our views on this one and then 
crack on. Yeah, absolutely. What a game that turned out to be, but not without our ongoing inability to be more clinical in both boxes. We started off really well. We scored early on and had some possession, some good possession in play for about 15 minutes of the first half. Then the tide turned and Port Vale were on top and capitalised on our mistakes yet again. But fair play to Ross. He made a change at half-time and for me, Matt Harold's introduction changed the game in our favour. He stood on leg more and leg didn't really like that. He won headers and was able to hold on to the ball when Wilkinson wasn't and this meant that we were able to move and stay higher up the pitch. But take a bow, Connor Wilkinson, what a goal. I managed to capture it. It's on our social media channels. It's probably everywhere by now. Um, but well done Josh Wright for his two goals and fair play to Josh Coulson who had been ill during the week and took a bit of a whack in his lower back but still played on. It was Josh Coulson that said to me about that Josh Wright goal being right, the uh, possible turning point for them just to give them that confidence and that push to... Uh, to, to to move forwards positively and to move on and obviously as yesterday's result may be an attest may attest to that I don't know I hope it's not a one off but potentially yeah, could be right, yeah. yeah for me I, I said on the Orient Hour I thought we saw the best and the worst of Orient at points do you know what I mean at one moment you were fucking celebrating the next moment you are ripping your hair out but a bonkers game thought Port Vale probably deserved to be someone up at half time but the draw was a fair reflection I thought second half we started really well and for me that Connor goal was a fantastic moment um, like we've covered at 3-2 like you've said you're thinking not again come on why can't it hit someone's head in the 84th as well what a moment when that goal went in Josh Wright's head yeah. and again just because we're literally just in line with it yeah, behind and you just yeah, saw yeah, it going amazing, amazing. Yeah. But I just wasn't quick enough to get my phone out no, I wasn't yeah. expecting yeah. that amazing Josh Wright you know two headers in that game four goals like you've touched upon and all from open play as well it's not yeah. like he scored three penalties so and three right. kids yeah. you know I mean all yeah. open play all, all decent goals and we almost nicked it <laughs> And I finish off by saying I was delighted that Ross was saying off the pitch to his one of our own. Again, not thinking that Ross would be here this evening at the time. So loads of views on that. We're not going to mention those tonight. No, but I think the general thing was it was kind of um, a deserved point, poor defending, massively better second half. I think if you were to pigeon or categorise, pigeonhole or categorise the tweets that come in, there's a lot of criticism about the defence. It wasn't a point gained. It was too lost. We should have held on. There's all sorts of these, but um, I mean, there's a lot of tweets. That, that, that really sums it up. There's a lot of tweets about Matt Harold, like about the impact yeah, that Harold had, so. which was really good to see. Um, but obviously, we'll, we'll have a lot more tweets coming. And there was no predict- correct predictions for the prediction league that day. Uh, no, either, so we'll round that up uh, at the end of the show yeah so Sunday the 29th of September we wish all our listeners who celebrate Rosh Hashanah a healthy sweet and happy new year from the Orient Outlook podcast hence there was no podcast last Sunday evening yeah the ladies were in action on the 29th of September they were at home to Basildon they ran out the 3-0 winners thanks to goal from uh, Sophie Lamarchin Anderson James and Charles plus a penalty save from Agunde uh, ensured the O's picked up their fourth consecutive win and extended their unbeaten start to seven games. And ladies are doing absolute yeah, yeah. things, aren't they, in their league? Fantastic. Yeah, really good. So, course, on Monday, the 30th of September, and Josh Wright was named in the EFL Team of the Week following his performance against Port Vale. A lot of plaudits um, last week for Josh based on that performance really against so. Port Vale. Well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. So, well done to Josh. Club announced the nominees for Player of the Month for September. JMD was up with two goals and two assists. George Marsh, although he didn't get any goals, he had a great impact in midfield. Connor Wilkinson for his two goals and Josh Wright for his two goals and his 84.4% pass accuracy. Yeah, so the day after, solid. on Tuesday 1st of October, the club announced that Josh Wright had one Player of the Month with a whooping 40% of the vote. So well done to Josh. I mean, any one of those four players nominated there could have walked it. Josh probably <coughs> takes it based 
on um, two goals in Pelton. That pass Pelton. accuracy yeah. as well. So well done to everyone involved. It was also announced that the club in Port Vale had been charged by the FA for failing to ensure players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion and or refrain from provocative behaviour and we've been given until 6pm on Friday to respond. So that was obviously due to the melee that we referenced earlier when it all kicked off. Is there any update on that one? I've not seen no, any update I, on that one. It's a, it's a strange one because Connor goes down probably, I wouldn't say dives, but he goes down a bit, bit too easy. He's <laughs> yeah. closer to it than me, to be honest. But um, yeah, did look Then Pope though. grabs him by the throat or wherever else and drags him against the boardings and in front of the south stand. Mm. Was everyone just going to stand there and let, just let that happen? Yeah. It's not how people... It's not human nature, is it, to let of someone in your team get attacked? I'm not sure it was that bad in my in, It's because everyone went. Yeah, I, 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 I understand why, but at the same time, yeah. you sort of think, do things like that not just happen in most football matches most weeks? There was no punches so. thrown, was there? Was no, I don't think so. That's no, I no. And out, I think it was their seven that was screaming down at, at, at Connor for like That's calling, right. calling yeah. him a cheat or whatever. And I think yeah. it was then that it then, then got, everyone, Connor stood up and... Yeah sort of went towards him and then their man came in and then yeah Connor yeah. somehow ended up over the not over the but against no, the side ratings yeah. has anything come of that do we know uh, I know Martin was looking at the uh, appeal process and how that all works okay. uh, on Friday yeah because it was till 6pm till yeah. Friday yeah Five, so I guess we'll get an update on that this week at some point so yeah, Wednesday I, I don't know if it was decided we were going to appeal it or not I don't, I don't know it was one of them things it was, it, he was talking about it on Friday but there we had other things we Preparing for the game and that yeah, sort of cool. Thing. So on Wednesday, second of October, quiet day at the club. No news to report on this day. Then on Thursday, the third of October, we co-hosted the Orient Hour on Phoenix FM with Lee Boyce and Glenn Wilkie, which was great fun. Uh, actually, it was really good. Um, even if I say so myself, I thought Glenn and, and Lee made some tremendous points, um, and and, Lee, and and Glenn particularly from an ex-player perspective yeah, as well. Yeah, Glenn was at the game yesterday. I don't know if he was, was with he? Dave Victor on the yes, radio. Yes, he was with Dave Victor. I, did, yeah. I spoke okay. to him for quite a long while uh, before the game. I like Glenn. He's, um, he's a nice bloke, actually. Yeah, it's our first time yeah. meeting him. Oh, really? Yeah. No, he's good. And I know I know from talking to my brother that he's sort of shown, shown me quite a lot of support, and he, you know he gets in touch quite regularly, and he's he's been... He's been really supportive. Yeah, it's funny you uh, say that. Season, he's got a message. So he's got a question for you yesterday. He's, he's, got, he's got a question, question, question based on yesterday. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, I know what he's going to be about his score prediction. No, no, oh, it's really? not. No, no, no. no. But it's, a, it's a very did he correct the question. Did he correctly predict the right score? Yeah, he, he says we were going to win today. I said, yeah, I think you're right. He said, I think we're going to win one nil. He went two one on Orient Hour. Cool. Yeah. So but Ken, Ken Teague obviously tweeted Ken getting back into the world of social media so he tweeted by saying my wife and I are looking forward to being in Leighton to the 12th to 14th of October <clears throat> speaking with many of you the head coach search may be taking longer than some expected but with 40 plus applicants we are proceeding through the process thoughtfully it's always good to hear from Ken Teague. yeah and it's good to know he's coming over as well he's um, I'm going out for dinner with him on Friday so I'll be always look forward to seeing Ken Cheers, well, awesome. we'll, uh, we'll be awaiting the live stream from underneath the table. <laughs> uh, Friday the 4th of October, a quiet day at the club as everyone was preparing for the upcoming journey to Northampton. Yeah, so Saturday 5th of October, so in the morning the under-18s were in action away to South on United, they lost the game 2-1, so unlucky there to the young O's. And they had a good start to the season, I'm really... Um, Don't mind, eh? Do you know what, I think with everything that happened at the end of last season with us winning the league... And then, um, and then, 
over, obviously over, over the summer. I think he sort of sometimes gets lost and forgotten about the fact that getting up last year kept the academy going in the in the manner that we all wanted it to mm. keep going in. Um, it was in a real dark place at the end of last season because no one knew exactly where it was going to be and what yeah. it was going to look like. And I think that youth team have had a really, really good uh, start to the season. Uh, it, it just looks healthy because there's staff back in, in and amongst the, I mean, the people that were that were involved in it last year. People like like Lewis Spencer, Ross Wilding, uh, Michael Mullane, physio people like that 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 were holding it together. Um, on its last legs, if you like, have uh, all had a lease of life, isn't it? Like say, new staff, new you know, it's, it's a real opportunity from to start to build something again, rather than just holding on to something, waiting to see where it was going to get to. So, I think it's epitomised by the start to the season that the youth team have had. They had a tough year last year. Mm. Um, got a nice, healthy group, good numbers. It just there's a lot more about it, and it's probably an element of the club that sometimes has got forgotten but we all know what rich history we've got with bringing players through it was vital that we kept kept hold of that and it's really important that that can be allowed to develop again properly as a proper academy which which probably wasn't last year we were firefighting a lot rather than rather than actually driving it on to become come better and they can do that again now so it's good yeah great, great to hear great insight so the team was announced at 2 p.m for northampton away so the team was brewing goal back for off sam Ling, josh Coulson, dan happy joe Willowson. With Gorman, Clay, and Wright uh, in midfield, and Brophy, Harold, and Wilkinson up top. And on the bench, we had Sergeant, Ogie, Ek Pateta, Marsh, JMD, James Dayton, my best mate. I keep running into James Dayton randomly. Um, so, James, I'm not stalking you. And Louis Dennis. That meant there were three changes for the O's starting 11 as Matt Harold, Dal Gorman, and James Brophy came in in place of Marvin Ek Pateta, Louis Dennis, and George Marsh. James Dayton was also named on the bench and XO Nicky Adams, captain Northampton. So what was the thinking, I guess, behind behind the changes in the team? Because obviously coming out the back of a point against Paul Bauer, it felt like a win, but a few changes there. Yeah, I think that because of the because of the momentum of the second half, I, I think I said before that sometimes you have to be careful when you have such a great um, second half and get back into a game in the way that we did. You have to be careful not to just think, right, I'm going to pick that up and take it into the next game. Because there's so many different things that affect it. You're playing against a different team. Mm -hmm. You're playing away from home. You know, so many different... They're just two of the many circumstances that you have to consider. Um, but probably probably harsh on George in terms of coming out of the team because I think he's done really well since, he, since he's got in the team. Um, the biggest rationale behind that was to play Josh a little bit deeper and give us an opportunity... Not that, not that George wouldn't have done that, but with George, uh, Josh being a little bit more experienced, make us a little bit more solid, because I'm fed up of coming in at half-time thinking to myself, how are we going to get back into a game? Let's give ourselves a chance to get, still be in the game at half-time and, and when we need to change or adjust to, to try and attack and go and get it, get a winner or, or if we have to get try to get back into it, we know, we know how we're going to change. So I just wanted to make us a little bit like that. When we went away from home to Exeter... Um, we played um, four three three four five one at times when we were when we were defending. That's how we looked at more like a four five one. But Del Gorman uh, had a really good game for us when when we were when we were away against Exeter, and I felt that um, 
he could give us a little bit more control in the middle of the pitch. And obviously Craig coming back into the team gives you that 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 energy that Craig's got and that that real. Uh, I thought we just might be just a bit sort of bit bit tougher in the middle of the pitch. And then we knew that we could really we really felt that we could hurt them by getting balls into Matt as Matt you know in, what, in terms of what Matt does and what Matt gives us. But Connor's creativity wide. And Brophy's pace and and the energy that they could give us, we felt we could really hurt them in those areas. And, and without being mind blowing in the first half, we had moments where we looked a real threat. And obviously, the Northampton used to be managed by Justin. They've done quite a lot. Obviously, he was on the cover of the program. They've done the minutes applaud. Does that make it a bit of a different approach to the game? Because obviously, you've got the emotional attachment comes back that might not have been necessarily there since the start of the season. Obviously, you've seen. I know you take photos of Justin wherever you go, but then you, you get to the ground, his, his image is on the programme, you get there, everyone's talking about him. You got yeah, it was funny because it, it be, be when we first got there and, and the, and the programme and everything was there, it was quite, um, probably for the first time, there was like a bit of, there was, there was, a, a, there was like banter about, about Justin, you know, like how, how it would have been with Justin, whereas... The emotion so often takes over, and and people deal with it in their own different ways, and it it's so many different people at so many strange and, and and unusual times. But yesterday was the first time that I thought, ah, oh, like, like this is this is all right. Like people are seem quite happy to. We all take the Mickey out the fact of some of the photos of him in the right. program. If I wouldn't have liked that one, or <laughs> he'd have come in and lobbed the program at war, or he would have. <laughs> Um, and like that was you know so you could talk to like Josh Wright and say oh I wouldn't have been happy with that one and he went oh yeah flick it through though he'd have been happy with that one or there was this one of him yeah. with a son like there was a little bit more of a of a like people seemed a little bit more relaxed about mm. that um, it, it's really tough I, I said yesterday today Victor that I don't like the minute silences and I'm sure people understand what I mean by that but it's so hard it's so hard and I'm talking so selfishly now that whenever something comes up, it's so, it's so for me, I find it has to get so emotional, and I I have to fight as hard as I can to not to not tear up, to not you know almost to try and stay strong during that minute silence because that's how it gets me, mm, and of course. and it and it always catches up. So God knows what it must be like for the lads that are out there in the middle trying to prepare for a game of football. Yeah. Um, we have to do it. We have to do it because we have to allow Northampton. We have to allow Newport. I'm sure it's highly likely we're going to draw Gillingham in a cup somewhere, aren't we, this season? It's, it's written in the stars. But um, when we play those clubs, we have to allow those clubs to pay Justin the respect that it deserves, and they want to. We want them to. We want you know. We want to continue those that memory and allow people to had that feeling for him at other clubs to do that so it's right that we allow him to do it it's just so difficult it's just so difficult to know that I'll put it to the back of my mind because I know we're playing Northampton this weekend but you've got to go through that real emotion again of however it hits you and it gets all all in all in different ways but one thing I would say is Northampton did it fantastically well you know, like any manager that gets the sack from a club you walk away with negative you know, feeling that the experience supporters wouldn't have been happy to, you know, he didn't really think, get a chance there, did he? Not like really, no, not really, no. He, um, but like I said to Dave afterwards, he'd have been delighted at the fact that we that we took, 
know, that we took from Fuente. Yeah. But they did they delivered it fantastically well. Oh, the good. message that they put out before the game. I didn't realise actually that it was on the screen until I saw a photo today of of the what they had up on the screen. I didn't actually realise at the time because it was so I yeah. found it so difficult to go through that that minute's applause. But they they, they delivered it fantastically well, Northampton. Right, so the match kicked off. It was quite a busy, a busy start. Walkinson almost put his head after two minutes with yeah. the post. Yeah, it's a strange one. It just sort of just didn't go in. I can't really say, oh, that happened, or he didn't do this, or no, he did it just right. sort of didn't go in. It was, it was strange. How, how it, two inches to the right, and that's a goal. Yeah, yeah. Three inches to the right, yeah. and that's a goal. He did everything. They couldn't have done really anything from the highlights that I've seen of it. Yeah. No, no, not much more. That's right. It's like sometimes you look at a chance and you think, oh, has he not done this or? Yeah. But it sort of just, just didn't seem to find yeah. its way in the goal. Been happy cleared off the line, or quite close to the line. And yeah. Gold header, and then Ling, Sam Ling's picked up an injury, and Marv comes on. Update on Sam, is he, is, how's he doing? What happens pretty much with injuries, he's not me avoiding it, but um, the Keaton, Keaton normally likes to leave it, well, not likes, it's a, it's a procedure that you leave it 24 and then 48 hours. So. If it's an injury that happens, say, tomorrow in training, then they'll leave it really to assess until the next day to see if swelling goes down or whatever, whatever is related to that injury. So there's not a massive update at the moment. We'll probably know more once we're in yeah. tomorrow morning. So would have, Keats would have either seen Sam or touched base with Sam today to see um, what reaction he's had. And then tomorrow, he'll have a real proper assessment because everything in that area should have settled down. But it was his groins and... He has suffered with them this year, but he seems to have been able to manage manage his time when we haven't had games and stuff to to to, to be fit to play. But he said he, he just he said I just could not. He said I went to play a pass and then went to react, and I just had no power. I just couldn't. I couldn't. It, like he's in too much pain to carry on. So. And the rest of the half, I think we have the better of the chances, but we go in goalless. But from what I could see on Twitter. And from yeah. the highlights, Wilkinson's quite yeah. unlucky not to get a goal. Broth had a couple saved. of runs. Joe Widdison, Craig Clay put him down the side of the, of the fullback a couple of times, and one one he ran out, one he put across across the box, and we looked. I thought we looked a threat. We, you know, in the run of form that we're in, and we're away from home, that it's not going to be us, 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 us yeah. all the way through the half. Mm. But um, we we would. I thought we were a better team, and it was just nice, really, to walk in at half time and be able to assess a game of football and say right this is what we need to do in the second half this is what we need to carry on doing this is what we need to change in order to give us a chance to go and win it rather than coming in and we've let a goal in in the 43rd minute oh now we've got to do this or we've got to change that to get back in it roll your sleeves up try to get everyone going again it was actually nice to actually almost sort of talk at half time and be able to say right this is where we need to go next and and go out in the second half to deliver a a better performance, yeah. a better performance, but a performance that was going to help us win. And even a penalty decision on Craig Clay turned down as well, so that could have changed the yeah, game. Yeah, do you know what? I actually I watched the first half today, but I haven't actually didn't really take a great deal of notice of that. I I, I completely forgot about the about that. I don't know how <laughs> how much it was. It was one that wasn't one that anyone yeah, yeah. around I mean, me you, made if, a big deal of. If you of can't it. remember it, it yeah. probably wasn't a penalty. Yeah. No, it's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, even right. within the game, there wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal made of it. No, yeah. no. So attendance announced at 5,519 with an, an unbelievable 960 Orient fans. That was the highest away attendance in League 2. That was the fifth highest in By the country miles. So yeah. fifth highest. Or would have been the fifth highest in League 1. So phenomenal travelling numbers again. Magnificent. Follow you, yeah, follow you up and down the country. 
Um, yeah, quite a bit sort of in the second half, really. First chance of the second half fell to Northampton. Uh, they volleyed over the over the bar thanks to pressure from Ekpeteta. But then come uh, just shy of the hour, just shy of the hour mark, we took the lead through the uh, ginger double act as the ginger Pele, Matt Harold picked the ball up in our half and he's hit an outstanding left foot reverse pass into the channel for Brove to chase onto. And like you said, he's got pace to burn. Like I don't know how, what he's not to, I don't know what his 100 metre right now. Yeah, I'd have to look yet. at the exact but stats because obviously they, they, they test throughout the season and he's obviously the quickest at the club. Um, oh, by far. But yeah. James Dayton was given a bit. I'll tell you who pushes him close is Shadrach. I'll say Shadrach. Is he really? And I'll tell you who else obviously hasn't been tested this year but runs him, very, runs him or one of the quicker ones is Jamie Turley. Is he really? Yeah. For a big lad, that yeah. surprises me. Yeah, he okay. gets across the ground quite quick. Um, wow. But yeah, I, the big, the best thing that I, that, I, that I saw in the goal was uh, when I was showing the kids this morning is from Matt's pass to Brof scoring, Brof only actually has one touch yeah. of the ball. To take it into the box. Yeah, and then obviously he's a shot. second touch to score. Yeah. Glad you mentioned that, because in my notes, put two great bits of skill, pass from Harold and Brophy's first touch. He's such a good first yeah. touch, he doesn't have to do anything else. It puts him in the perfect position to shoot and bang. And he's under goal. pressure from their defender, who is all right half a yard behind him, but he's still probably tugging at him to no, pull that's him. That's right, he's sort of leaning on him. And Brof did say that before he hit it, he felt he was going, he felt he was toppling over. He can't do that, because um, he isn't getting penalties from him. No, no, he but goes, he said he, he could feel the guy leaning on him, so he was putting him off balance. And uh, he said, luckily enough, the goal he committed, and then it it gave him the opportunity to, to lift it over. So Cracking goal. Good good to, to do what he did at that speed takes a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I couldn't even begin. I'm not even a fast runner, so I no, can't. No, I don't get that fast in the car. So great goal, one it, up. But James still had a lot to do. Like you say, it wasn't a given that that was he was no, going to no. score. Um, there was still ground to cover and defenders and a goalkeeper to to hold off. So for me, I think that's that's a, a greater goal than people may give it credit for. Yeah. I may be doing people an injustice there, but I think that's a greater goal than people actually yeah. might think. Yeah, really good. So then. We hold out 17 minutes. Northampton made all three subs at the same time. At this point, are you thinking, what, what's your game plan? Are you thinking, right, do we sit back? That? Do we just go for a second? Or? No, I think the plan really was, um, obviously, Batty hasn't had a massive amount of football. So it doesn't matter how fit or how well or hard you work day-to-day, week-to-week in training. There's nothing like match fitness and the adrenaline that goes with it obviously takes a lot more out of you. So my original concern was how long did we feel that Matt could go in terms of you know the length yeah. of time that we could keep him out there. And then obviously then, what changes do you make in order to to try to keep the consistency in the team? Because the shape didn't need changing. So the obvious thing was to, to then to move Connor inside to keep that shape and... And bring Jordan out, yeah, out wide, and, and then that way you sort of keep the balance of the team. Uh, another left footer playing on the right, so very similar to, to not similar, but that type of setup with having had Connor out there, um, and then just to freshen it up with 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 George to come in and and be a bit, bit not a bit more secure because Dow, Dow had a really good game, but um, just to you know give us more legs in the middle yeah. of the pitch. We felt that they, that's what they changed to do. They brought McCormack on and felt that they would have. More bodies in the middle of the pitch, so if we get George on there, fresh legs, it just you know hopefully carries through. Yeah, a couple of scary moments. They had a couple of chances that potentially they they could have equalised, but it didn't happen. We played four minutes of additional time, and we see the match out and in front of nine hundred and sixty jubilant travelling fans. 
James Brophy's goal is enough to win the game 1-0. And as you said before, um, 1-0 was enough. Yeah. Um, and a good, good solid performance from us as well. Yeah, I think, I think we... Um... That was the key. That was the key, and we've talked about it so often. We've, uh, you know, got, the goals against us have been so frustrating, so you know, poor at times. But we've we've tried. We try so many different things to work on it in training, whether that's team focused stuff, or it's individuals, whether it's small groups, whether it's in a unit. We, you know, we 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 work on it every every you know, every week. We have a there's there's a structure to working towards to make sure that it makes us. More solid. Sometimes I think for me it's 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 a, it's a mindset. Um, sometimes it's what the opposition throw at us. So I think I thought yesterday the two strikers that they had up there with Williams and Smith made it quite an obvious challenge that Dan, Marv, uh, Joe, Cole set to go and win their headers, and they knew what they were up against. And then when they brought Oliver on later on, he was another big, strong striker. Um, but it gave us that focus of right, right this is what today's going to be about and, and we stood up to the challenge and that's that's important I think it also as well is, is the conceding of goals isn't isn't just down to Dino in the back four or the back no, three defend from the front don't you? defend from the front and I think you know it's our attitude to defend and, and be positive higher up the pitch sometimes and then also at the same time it's about tracking runners and people from midfield staying with their men you know yeah, and, and making sure that we as a team we're a bit more solid and we showed that side to us yesterday that Gave us a chance to be in a game. We didn't have to go and try and open up and go crazy to try and get back in it or throw loads or change the shape or anything like that. We could, we could stick to the plan and and, and work towards something. And that's what you all want to do, isn't it? You want to be, you want to be keeping clean sheets, and then you give, you give yourself a chance to win a game, win a game like that. Yeah, if you keep clean sheet, you only need that one moment of magic. Yeah, and we've got magic in our done. team. I think I think we've got magic in our team, and I think we've got. You know, yesterday was a bit of a ding dong in terms of a bit crash bang wallop the whole game. But when we do calm down, when we do control it, when we do get some calmness on the ball, we looked like we could cause them a problem. You know, you you always want more, and you always want us to look dangerous for longer. But I felt like we were a team that once we did get you know a good pass in or someone someone yeah. using old phrase and I put their foot on it, but if we got a good pass into Matt. We look like a team that could open, open Northampton up rather than rather than the other way around. So that was, you know, that was pleasing, and we give ourselves a chance by being solid and nil nil. And we've spoken about you applauding the fans. I've seen a video from Jaden Christie again, full time whistle, getting great, getting a great ovation. Yeah, I, I, but I think that's that 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 for me is for the boys. You know, I don't want it. I don't want to stay, sit here and try and make it all sound about me. Yesterday for me was about the boys and and and, 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 Port, and the Port Vale game of. For you boys, give yourselves a chance to to kick on and get that good feeling back. Some of it you deserve, you know. You've put some good performances in, and now we need to see that the results are going to f- reflect those positive performances a little bit more. So I was delighted that the boys could have that real good feeling of of walking off the pitch having won a won a game of football because we haven't felt that in a little while, and and it was great. The, the fans were magnificent at the end, and like I said earlier, I'd always do my bit because it's it's the way I am, and and. and and the way I I express myself, so it was wonderful to be able to to celebrate with everyone. But like I say, for for the whole group and and for the supporters as well. Look, the numbers that you're mentioning there. That's not the first yeah. time we've we've gone to an away ground and 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 and, and filled it and taken such fantastic numbers. And for them to be able to 
to cheer us off with a with a positive result is something that that everybody, whatever your opinions are of the team, of me, yeah. of the players, and whatever else, that's what we all want at the end of the day for Leighton Orient to win yeah. game of win games of football. Absolutely, so that win means the O's climb up to twentieth in the league. Now play twelve. One three, drawn four, lost five, thirteen points, and a goal difference of minus five. But it's very convoluted where we are. Another win, I think we could be up to highest twelve on Saturday. So that's what frustrates me convoluted. a little bit. Is the, the, the two real games that really frustrate me the most are Stevenage and Crawley. They yeah, really, nice. really frustrate me because personally, at the time and then watching it back, we wiped the floor with Stevenage. In terms of the performance that we put in, yeah. the, the chances that we created, it was 24, 26 shots on goal. Like, we should have won that game. Mm. And then you go, all right, okay, we never lost it, so that's fine. Then the Crawley game, like, very much again dominant, and, and we dropped points again. Those two games really frustrate me because they're two games that not just felt we could or should win, the performances suggested that we should have won those. And, I know it's if buts, maybes and mm. whatever else, but those games frustrate me because I think they're two home games, so it could have been two wins. Or if you win one of one of the two and you get four points or whatever, yeah. you we, we we it just looks a little bit brighter, doesn't it? And 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 then yeah. the, obviously the home form then is better, and all those sort of factors, and you never know where they can knock on to. You can look through the whole season and, and sort of question different things, but those two games really frustrate. You got one more win and one less draw on the on the yeah. table. Yeah. 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 Alright, so your views on yesterday then, Paul? Oh, fantastic. Much needed win in so many different ways. And I think after last week, maybe Josh Coulson was right. We've turned a corner. Obviously, I don't want to get carried away. It's just, just the one game, but hopefully that will help uh, that build that momentum. Bold changes were made, and giving Matt Harold a start seemed to be an inspired change. Clean sheets at least guarantee that you won't lose a game, and this will give a confidence boost to the whole squad and also gives us something to build on. Seems that four of the back work too. Could this be our feature formation? moving forwards and we also had a bit of luck on our side as Northampton had a couple of chances where maybe they should have scored but didn't yeah for me I just put a fantastic win once I think it's been coming over the last few weeks so it's been a few last minute goals that have kind of gotten away of that victory but like I've said if, if you defend well keep a clean sheet all you need to do is just score one I know it's easy no, I don't know, as job. much as we've conceded you know far too many goals this season it's very rare that we don't look like we're going to mm. score or you know, or, or actually score you know so <coughs> Like you say, you, you keep those clean sheets or you, you become better defensively as a group. Yeah. We've got players in our team and we've got we've got match winners in there that are, that are always going to come up with something. Yeah. I mean, let's say Marvin at right back, never something that I've thought of, but is that how you get Coulson Marvin happy into the team? Well played to Brophy for his goal and to Connor and Matt Harold, who consistently gave them problems and Harold's assist is rightfully getting a lot of plaudits yeah. the videos going around social media you know, I'm sure he'll mention it tomorrow morning a couple of oh, times I'm sure, he will. I'm sure he will he doesn't <laughs> seem like the quiet retiring <laughs> type so won't go um, you won't, won't probably hear the end of that um, lots of messages that we had come in we want to go through yeah I think we'll go, there had. wasn't too many yeah so uh, Record Blue Apps is our most composed performance of the season for Harold did a lot of good work for us and we were composed at the back for most of it very happy with three points for the journey home <laughs> Ian K. Richardson echoed what you just said, Steve. He said, play Marvett right back like we did with Scott Cuthbert and the defensive shape is solved. Can you actually see more of Marvett right back? And obviously, assuming it's Sam. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was a, um, was a, you know, a snap decision, a quick, you know, quick decision because we were under pressure and, 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 and Sam was coming off so early. Um, 
I suppose what what Marv, having Marv there certainly in a game like yesterday away from home, quite a direct team, gives you another big boy on the on the pitch and, and made us very solid Strong defensively. Boy as well, yeah. Um, and 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 then the, the big thing, the message to Marv when he went on the pitch was, you have got Connor in front of you, so you don't need don't you don't need to think of yourself as as a right back. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to think about you know getting overlapping Connor and getting crosses into the box like a modern day fullback would do. You need to just go there, do your job as a defender, be solid. I suppose the the the, the counter argument to that is when you're at home, you have a bit more responsibility to create attacks and be a bit more positive. Marv can do that to a degree, but it's not his fault. Okay. So yeah. if, if there's any Walsall fans watching, uh, listening, then you never know. You never. <laughs> <laughs> Bits yeah, out. Give too much away here. Bits out with 73. This is a great result. Pleasing to see a clean sheet after being shaky at the back. Maybe we should keep looking for a new manager all season. Says once, uh, since Ross decided to step down, results have improved. Uh, Gary Talbot7 said, Great support firstly. Harold unsettled their back four constantly and was outstanding. Great finish by Brofs. Spenno 011 says, Farley deserved the win. We hit the post and barn. Looked a better team throughout. Great game management. We looked a very decent side against an OK Northampton team who looked good in spells, but... A fair result. The, I've got to say this. I've got to say this because someone questioned me on um, on game management a little while ago, right? So <coughs> after the game against Cheltenham, they had nine men, and it was a very emotional day for everybody. Obviously, it was a win, first game of the season. I got quizzed on James Alavi running the ball into the corner and running the clock down at the end. Why are we doing these stupid tactics? Da, 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 da. And it's not oh, just I didn't you. say that. No, but why are we doing this? Uh, the National League last year, teams wasting oh, time, yeah. this, that and the other. We won the game. By any means, win the game. <laughs> yeah. We went away to Exeter, all right? We didn't win. And I got a few messages and questions after the game from people of, ah, oh, tactics, too many fouls. Dean got booked for wasting time. Why are we becoming a club like that? If we're going to win games of football, we have to find a way of winning <laughs> games of football. And, and game management is so important. It's something that we talk about. So if we're going to get counter-attacked on and Dale Gorman needs to make a foul in the opposition's half of the pitch, make a foul. And if you get booked, you get booked. I'd much rather him get booked and make a foul and us get five, six bookings than the opposition counter-attack on us and score. I saw George Marsh do that last Saturday. Yeah. Where, where so someone George got got, yeah. and so he just stuck his leg so down and he took the book in. And yeah. So George's one was quite obvious and I think the best ones at it, the best team at it in the, in the world at the moment is Man City. Man City fell so high up the pitch that they never ever get counter-attacked right. on. The game stops, they get back into shape and they're, and they're ready to defend again. But... Game management is something that we talk about a lot because sometimes it's clearances, sometimes it's walking to a throw on rather than running. Sometimes it's the ball's been kicked off to so don't go and get the ball, leave the ball there, let the ball boy get it. If the ball boy don't want to get it, Dean, let Dean walk over and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things are so important to getting people's composure, to taking the pressure off of people. I don't want, I don't want us, I don't want our team and our club to be perceived as this, uh, you know. It's like some of the teams that came to us in the National League, mm. far from it. And they don't, they don't set us out to be like that. But sometimes there's moments in games where people have got to make decisions in order to manage the game properly and help you win, win games of football. And if that means running the clock down sometimes, then, then, then everyone else does it to us. It's not, it's not necessarily about, no, you know, about always just being this prim and proper team that are going to you know, be perceived as soft and, and 
Uh, it's interesting, yeah. yeah. I was listening to Talk Sport on the way here tonight and they were talking about the fact that Bromley had all their ball boys sent away because they weren't giving the ball back. Yeah. So it was obviously a club tactic that that's what they would do. Well, we know that happens in that league, but yeah. Fair point. Yeah, so Dave M1812 says a priceless clean sheet and Brophy might realise that if he shoots, he can score. This would be wonders for confidence. Howard and Wilkinson appear to work well together. Expect them to start next week. Onwards and upwards. Howard and Wilkinson seem to be developing quite a good, from the game and a half that they've played together, nice little partnership. Yeah, I, I think Connor's, I, I think Connor, Connor's really, really, in the last, I mean, he got nominated for, for player in a month, didn't he? I think in mm. the last last few weeks you're really starting to see more of Connor. I think mm. he's, um, since Lee's come out of the team, he's probably stepped up and <coughs> taken a little bit more of a lead and responsibility. Seems um, to thrive on that by the looks of it. Yeah, I think because of the way that the way that he the the type of athlete that he is, he's a big boy and he he can run, he can move, but sometimes he doesn't he doesn't look like that. You know, like with Macca, you could see how hard he was working yeah, and yeah. how much he runs. Sometimes Connor's like the way that he is, the way that he moves doesn't particularly look like he's putting as much energy into it, but he is, he, and he does, he covers the ground, his statistics in terms of you know what the distances that he covers suggest that, but I think since since Lee's come out of the team, whether or not it's something to do with that, or, or it's you know the situation that he's found him, I think he's he's really stepped up, and, and he's, um, his performances have been really, really good. Yeah. Reading QB9 said, quality away performance, kept it fairly tight in the back and caused them problems going forwards. Took our chance when it came. Well worth the three points. Get in. And the goalie says, what a great result. Superb all-round team performance. Sets a positive base for the new boss to build up. Well done, Ross and the 960 travelling fans. Let's now enjoy the win and await announcements from the club. Hopefully not on a Monday morning. George Nicholas, well, our luck, it will be. George Nicholas underscore one said, we restricted them to barely any chances and looked very comfortable at times. Almost as if we were the home side. The players who usually look out of depth didn't at all today and hopefully it means... Uh, they have adapted to the league now. Harold has to start again. Happy days. PM31970. This is a very good performance. Everyone played their part. Northampton couldn't handle Brophy and Wilkinson. And Harold won so much in the air. And he led the line well. Defence stood firm as well. Alpha2 underscore O underscore Mega said, Excellent all-round performance. Everyone played brilliantly. But for me, Harold was exceptional today. Brophy's goal was a cracker. Also must mention the much maligned Brill. Who had, who had made two excellent saves. Yeah, so those are all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So if you agree or disagree with any of those, let us know at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com or on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. So moving on then, uh, Prediction League update. Well done to Jamie PD LOFC, Whitey1997 LOFC, I Heart Rushmore and Playback Gammon, who all predicted 1-0 to the O's. Uh, no correct scorers, so you will just get three points, which means the top of the prediction league is as follows. Sue underscore Manx is top with 12 points. Steve Chaplin, four, is second on 10 points and joint third on nine points at I Rock and Back 72 and O's Fan Basin. So thank you to everybody for your predictions. We get between sort of 50 and 100 Predictions every really? single no, week. No, not. No, you've, More? Like, you've undercut that about 100 and 150 easily. Really? Yeah. 150? Because not everyone replies to the initial tweet we get. Uh, it is. Yeah, we get a couple of emails coming. Yeah. yeah, between the channels. So, yeah, keep predicting. Keep Brilliant. predicting. Well done to Sue. At Sunday, the 6th of October, and today the ladies went FA Cup action away to Abingdon United. And they ran out 4 1 winners thanks to a double from Charles. 
and plus one for Le Marchand and Trezzi, which made it five consecutive wins for the ladies. Again, like we mentioned before, absolutely flying. Yeah, they are. And the ladies' development side beat Spurs' development team 4-1 as well. So not just the first team of the ladies doing well there as well. So it's quite late. We've got a few questions for you. I think you've probably answered most of these in, okay. in, in what you've said, but let's, let's go for them anyway. So Les OK says, first of all, thanks to Ross for the amazing job he did in the events after the summer. Incredible job. I would just ask him after watching the excellent game yesterday, do you wish you could continue as manager as I think you were steadily growing into the job? So I think for the most part you've covered that. But Yeah, thank you, first and foremost. Um, no is the answer. I think um, I think it, you know, we've, we've, we're in a position now where we're all trying to look forward and make sure that you know, we've said about, about building and giving ourselves a, ourselves and, and, and whoever's going to come in the opportunity to come into a club that are looking looking forward so I'm, I'm certainly comfortable in the in the position someone someone said something to me today about um, are you not are you not concerned or uh, I forget the word they used that worried that someone's going to come in and see the benefits of some of your work I said that's my job like the whole reason I'm in this position is to try to give the club the time to make sure that what happens next is the right thing and the by everybody. Yeah. So yeah. now, if if they come in and they build on or perceive that some of the things that I've done are good and we build on them, then fantastic. If job. they yeah. come in and they change everything and if we get success, then, then then feel free. You're the manager to to do that, and I'll be doing everything alongside them to make sure that whatever it is they want to do will be done to the best of my ability. So. I'm happy to do it if I, you know I'm going to work tomorrow morning planning for obviously the Wimbledon game but I'm be planning for the whole week in case I have to be the manager again against Walsall at the weekend yeah. and, and and go from there if someone comes in before that then then we'll 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 adjust accordingly so we got quite again, a lot of thank yous a lot of thank yous so Leighton here says thank you Essex Biz says not a question just want to say a massive thank you for stepping up when it was needed and getting us through a difficult time I wish you were staying on so I think you're a great man manager and I hope you stay at the club for many successful years to come. I appreciate that, I really do. I really uh, do. Really nice. said more than a question more than a question, just to thank you for everything he's done for our club. Those dark wet nights at Rodin Valley <laughs> coaching together for Leighton Orient Trust definitely paid that off. Ben, yeah, ben yeah, ben that is Ben. Yeah. Probably he lives in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Steve Chaplin Four said, What would you class as your greatest achievement during your spell as interim head coach? Um there's some incredible memories that I would um, that I'll hang on to, uh, but I think the biggest thing is is being able to say that I've helped to stabilise the club um, and get us get us back to going to work and trying to live a normal life every day. I I genuinely mean that that is what makes me most proud is to know that the players that are and have and still will you know be suffering grieving the fact that. Um, you know, I've been in constant contact with Kerry, Charlie, and Sydney, um, and all all of those sorts of things that have that have, that have you know helped to mm. help to help other people. I think they're the biggest things that I find as my as my biggest achievements is that I can look back and, and be proud about the fact that you know people come to work every day, and I, I've been able to to help them you know smile and and think think about normal life again after going through such a terrible experience. Obviously. Football related things, I think, you know, the equaliser uh, against Port Vale was nice. I think the um, the away win against Mansfield is probably one of the most special feelings. 
winning that first game of the season because it was such a massive build up to to what was a, a day that we'll all again another day that we'll all remember. Um, but winning that game against Cheltenham, so a number of different memories. But the biggest thing, and, and it, it, it is, is is those, you know, the, the personal things that 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 we've all gone through, and and, and hopefully coming out the other side of, um, is something that, that that's what I'm most proud of. There's something that has always stuck with me. I think it was when we went to Spain. There's a video clip of you doing a speech in front of the players and the fans, and at that point, it's still very raw. I think it's only like three to four weeks, and I think the courage that you showed to get up there because it seemed quite I don't know if it was but it seemed no, it like quite an impromptu yeah well it wasn't done. it wasn't um, it you... was obviously meet the fans night in Spain and mm. I was very conscious of the fact that the only interview I think I'd done it, it really and, and at that time was um, the day that it was announced that I was going to be taking taking on the interim role so I was very conscious of the fact that um there was so much emotion flying around on on that day, and, and when I sat down with Elliot to to film the the interview, that I hadn't put across my real feeling about had actually having that this role and having this job, and I, I didn't want people to think like, oh, he's just taking the job and yeah. he's getting on with it. I wanted people to know how much it meant to me, and I wanted people to know that my message to the players was, I'm going to come in every day and I'm going to be. I'm going to be in work mode, but it's important that you lot have your time to do whatever it is you need to do, but don't ever look at me and think that I'm not going through it or mm. I'm not suffering or I'm not having an off day, but I'm going to come in and I'm going to do everything I can so that you lot can come and work every day and you've got a credible football club and credible sessions to take part in and we're going to, we're going to make sure that we, we've got a focus of that. So I was really, really... Uh, keen, I said it to Martin just as we was walking over there. I've just said I've written a couple of notes down, and certain people I think need some need some praise and need some acknowledgement. But at the same time, I want people to know how much it yeah. it, all, it all means to me and what my focus is going to be to try to help everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Orient said, uh, "Do the O's have any midfield or forward youth players who have not yet been used in the first team squad that he thinks may break through later in the season?" Um. Any standout names? Well, I think there's a couple you mentioned there where boys have scored. Lawrence Hammond's scored a number mm. of goals in, uh, yes. this season for the youth team already. Um, is he close enough or anywhere near the squad at the moment? The answer to that is no. Not because I don't think he's got potential, but he's not at the level to, to push for a place in the squad at the moment. Um, Jordan Adiemi, the same. So they're both second-year scholars. So at the end of this season, their their contracts will be discussed as to whether or not they're going to get professional deals. But they've both scored a number of goals already this season. This young lad in the first-year group, uh, Tristan Vanell, I think you mentioned him just now. He uh, was in the 19 or 20-man squad when we played South End. So he's a defender. Um, so I know it doesn't directly answer that that question, no, uh, but then obviously you've also got people like Ruel and that that are, that are still developing. Mm-hmm. Brendan Chibani yeah. suffered a bad knee injury, but um, young lads that, albeit not in the youth team, but they're still they're still developing and coming through within the you know under, within the club. Awesome. Rd Manders pretty obsessed with anagrams. I think we've asked you an anagram question before, but it's, it's made me laugh. There's four anagrams of your name. Which one is your favourite? Is it <laughs> A. Less trombone. B, Lobster Omens, C, Sober Men Lost, or D, my personal favourite, Bosom Nestler. Oh, that's a great one. What was the second <laughs> one? The Lobster? Lobster, lobster Omens. Lobster Omen. Yeah, I mean, Sober Men Lost. 
No, let's go. It's got to be the fourth. Yeah, yeah. go with D, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> Why anyone would have put that together is beyond <laughs> no me. No idea. I thought it's probably worth asking because of the amount of... <laughs> so, Glenn Wilkie has asked, what was he pleased about most about yesterday? The defence, midfield, attackers, or the clean sheet? And he can only choose one. Sorry, Ross. Well, he's a defender, wasn't he, Glenn? So, yeah. he go clean sheet, wasn't he, surely? Well, you could say defence, midfield, attack, or a clean sheet, so... Probably a clean sheet. Yeah, I'll go clean sheet, yeah. All right, there you go, Glenn. Nicely done. Carl Fear01 just says a thank you to Ross and all that you've done and from what I'm sure you will continue to do at our club. Um, touched on it earlier, Ian K. Richardson said, had you considered playing Marvel fullback before? No. Um, no, I haven't done. Um, uh, obviously, we've got Lingu, I think, has had a good season so far. Um, we've got Juddy there as well, so... Uh, I don't think there was ever an, any need to consider uh, consider him there. Uh, on the bench yesterday, the cover that we had was young Shadrach, who uh, is left-footed. Mm. So I think Shadrach can play at centre-half. He's probably t- way into the team. Excuse me, at the moment would be at left-back because that's where he played against Southend. And I think he's, that's where he, he would probably see himself at the moment. Um but he's so very left-footed, so it was it would have been probably irresponsible to bring him on, and or or you know young lad at that state of the game yeah. to bring him on at left back and move Joe over. It would have been too much mess around. So the natural thing was to get get Mark out there. George Nicholas underscore one says a big thank you from the bottom of my heart. I can't put into words how grateful I am and how much I respect you for managing to deal with your grief and the rest of ours. Well, thank uh, you. Again, I mean, it's really nice. A nice message there. Effort owes too. Says, have you been practicing encouragement air punches in the mirror? You seem to have it cracked post match at Northampton. <laughs> That's a great shot, isn't really old. Yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> he has been practicing. Yeah, <laughs> please don't tell me you've been practicing those air punches. <laughs> no, I think, um, but the, genuinely, <laughs> the moments question. after the game are. are it's just emotion, isn't emotion, it? Kicking over, kicking yeah, in. it's emotion, it's. Um, Yesterday it was relief. There was a massive, a massive amount of relief in there as well. And and like I said earlier, the excitement that seeing people in in the away end and and, and the fact that we've got a result and so many people following us is um is something that means a lot to me. So I do get I do get lost a little bit sometimes. There's been we had a few moments last year in front of the South Stand and away to Telford and places like that 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 were fantastic but yeah, yes the answer to your question is no I haven't been practising I'd have to ask Ross's uh, family that one just to get get it verified that they haven't caught Ross I've noticed that my little boy has just started <laughs> my little boy has just started playing football and I've noticed the celebration is very very similar to the things that I've seen myself doing after really? that's amazing yeah the, like the little fist pumps and that that he does and really? he says get in there all the time <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing <laughs> the mini you uh, Paul Skinner, 88, again, no question, just a message. I'd like to thank uh, Ross uh, for everything he's done over one of the hardest periods in the club's history. He did it with great care and dedication, and we will always be thank you for that. So that was everything from Twitter forum. Obviously, a more negative aspect. So there's a few more questions with a negative angle. Um, we'll start. Were you placed under pressure to stand down as interim manager? Wow. Um, no, no, far from it. Like I said earlier, hopefully I answered it earlier, but... Um, the the I suppose the momentum building towards the the decision came from Nigel visiting. Nigel was coming over. <clears throat> Martin had said to me that he wanted to sit down and talk to me about how he felt it had gone. Um, 
so there I started to think right this might be leaning towards whether it be me or someone else becoming the permanent manager and and then I needed to you know needed to make sure that I made what was going to be the best decision for the club the best decision for me and my my family in the longer term so absolutely not at all I was told that I was going to, to meet meet Nigel and, and he, like I said earlier he was fantastic he, he he, he gave me a bit of time to breathe and say, to, you know, don't be too hasty. Make sure you make the, the decision that you you're not going to look back and regret. So I, I thank Nigel immensely for that. Um, but no, not in any way, shape, or form. Was and I see a lot of criticism for Martin Ling on the forum and Sam Ling. And there's always a group who think that Sam is being picked not because of his ability, but because his dad's the director of football. And there's a few questions leading to this. And I don't really like asking questions like this, but I quite like to ask it because I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, how much interference is there from club figures to pick certain players? None whatsoever. Um, what I would say for um, that, well, on two, I'll answer the question first. But from from, I'm assuming of the way you've said that that that's people suggesting that Martin's influencing the picking of the team the one thing that I would say that I would look back on as a if I have to look back and assess myself as a manager is I've probably changed too much too often um, I would say that there's been times where I probably could have been a little bit more consistent but maybe a loss or a draw or the emotion of a late winner might mean I think I need to change the shape of the team and I've probably done that too much that's my that's my personal opinion on that um, Martin has been an unbelievable support for me and people will say I'm biased and, and potentially I am because I've known him for a long time now but um, the support that he gives me is solely for me um, and if I need something on the management of a player of talking about something about how I hold a team meeting what, you know, what sort of message I need to give to somebody that I'm leaving out the squad or those things that he can give me his opinion on. But Martin is no longer in a position where he wants to influence what goes on on the pitch. Now, that might sound ridiculous because he's a director mm. of football. But what I mean by that is never, ever went to Steve Davis and thrusted his opinion on, on onto Steve. I know when it got tough for Steve, he went to see him and asked his opinion on what he felt he would do in that role because he's a man of very, very, you know, a lot of experience. And Steve went to him, and, and I know that him, Justin and, and, and Martin had a very different relationship in terms of very rarely talked about the way that the team looked or what it, what it might be like. But when we went through a bit of a sticky period last year, I know that Justin bounced some ideas off of Martin, and I think that's where Martin's real skills are now, is that if you need his support with something, you can go to him and he'll, he'll happily give you his opinion. But at no stage does he ever thrust that on you. He sits in the stand at the moment, sometimes with an earpiece, and he'll say something down to, to Joe on the bench about the shape of the opposition's team or what they've done from a corner or whatever it might be within the game. Not very often, not too much, but it's there if we need it um, because he's got experience and none of us have that are sitting down in that dugout. Um, but at no time do I get, I think you should play 4-3-3, three, three, mate, or, or well, I won't get Matt Harold on and won't put James Larby out there. Never, never get that. Um, he always says to me, if you want my opinion, come and ask me and I'll give you it. But at no time has he ever, he or anybody else within the club ever suggested that I need to play a certain way or, or to play 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 players in, in certain positions. And I also, I also think to add to that is that 
I, I don't understand, and again, people will say it might sound biased, and I'm happy to take that, but I don't understand the criticism of Sam Lee. I genuinely don't. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I, not only me, but other, the, the players in the team and other members of staff see the qualities that, that Sam's got um, and the way that he goes about his business. He's very pro- professional. He's really, really different to his dad. He's obviously a different type of player and played in a different position, but the type of lad that he is and the way that he works every day is completely different to the, to the character that his dad is and, and, and his dad was as a player. Um, and, and what means a hell of a lot to Sam is that Sam's judged as Sam. Not so I felt it took a lot of bravery for Sam to come to this club. Mm. But it's a club that means a lot to him. Same way I talked about my kids earlier. I've seen Sam grow up as that kid that loves this club. So when we were, when we came in for him and Justin and, and, and there's a lot made of it at the time that Martin, myself and Martin didn't have a great deal of input into Sam coming here because of our emotional attachment. That, that Justin's wanted to sign him as, as a player and the board, other members on the board made it happen outside of, of, of Martin and myself and I thought it took real guts and balls of Sam mm. to take that step because he could quite easily stay at Dagenham and he could have quite easily gone to a number of other clubs at that time so I think that takes real strength of character for him and it shows how much this club means to Sam to be able to go and do that and I also think that I, I don't understand how, much, how often and why Martin gets criticised I think we do love yeah for for whatever reason. I think back over the years of me coming to the club, we do try to find a way of disliking someone at this place. I don't know why. I always remember Dave Hunt. Um, do you remember him? midfield yeah, player and yeah. the manager. Mm. For some reason, everyone hated him. I don't know why. It was at a time when we we weren't bad, but he just seemed to get criticism. And and sometimes I hear things about Martin, and I I don't quite understand it. He's Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of our most successful managers in terms of what he's done for the club, yeah. Yeah, what he's done with the board and the and the people that are at the higher end of the club to turn this club around from what it was when when I walked in here, however long ago it was now, seems like forever. <laughs> um, he's, he's immense, and, and and all he ever does is he's, he's he's tried to support people properly, you know, and and, and try to do his job which is right by him and right by the people within the club but ultimately for for Leighton Orient you know so it does puzzle me sometimes that and, and again it's supposed to be another reason why I don't read it <laughs> but when I do hear about it, it just it just it does make me wonder yeah. but it, like I like say people are entitled to their opinion but it, it, it is one that and you know what me. irrespective of what you say on here people are still not gonna he's gonna say that he's doing this he's doing that they're always gonna have that negative disposition on it anyway so the fact is that that the, there are a much bigger, stronger group of people that understand that Martin is brought in to do a director of football role and isn't interfering with with, um, with team tactics. He's even said in interviews with the club and Elliot what his role actually is, what it's all about. It's been discussed about on numerous occasions. So um, hopefully um, yeah, and that I will shut a few like, people up. Like the really... amount of times, I've said, it, I've said it after games this year, the amount of times that we've been to... I, or I've spoken to opposition managers after the game and they say to me you are unlucky or you know there's a lot of teams that talk about the way that you <clears throat> the way the team have played this year and that we, when we've watched you in the build up to, to come into play us that we, you know we, we feel you're in a you haven't got the results that some of your performances mm. deserve you know things that frustrate you but ultimately sometimes it's, it's a reflection from other people it's a compliment yeah. um, a lot of them talk about 
Sam and about the job that Sam does in, in our team and, and, and stuff. Of course, among other people, but yeah. the point I'm trying to make is that it ain't just me that thinks yeah, it. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just that Martin didn't bring his son to the club because of that Nepotism. bias. It was, yeah. done, it was done on a completely neutral basis and, and for me, the performances he puts in are, uh, have been good. Yeah. Marv's out of contract at the end of the season. Have any contract offers been made or negotiations for a new contract taken place so far? Uh, I, I know, again, this isn't me avoiding the question, but I know conversations have been had. Um, where they're at, what they are and where they're going is not something that that I that I would want to get involved with, to be honest. Obviously, I would love to know that Marv will stand at the club for a lot longer. I'd love to know that we had him now down and secure for, for a period of time, when or how or if that's going to happen, he's not. He, he, that's the beauty of having a director of football, I suppose. Fine. Yeah. Next question was, how do you think our current setup in terms of youth training, coaches, ownership, in comparison to other places you've worked, is what is it like in comparison? And do you think the club is geared up towards a championship level club or... Somewhere similar to where we currently are in the league. I mean, I think championships tough, isn't it? Champ- yeah. Championships a difficult one. I think um, we're what we first aspire to be is a is a is a is a club at the top of this level. And I think the infrastructure is certainly here. I think the the, the plans and the ideas that um, Nigel Kent and the and the board have got are obviously am- always going to be ambitious. Um, and I think I think what we've got in place is is. Uh, structurally very very close is obviously we haven't got our own training ground or we haven't got you know it's great Chigwell yeah. but it's not ours um, there's always going to be limitations to the amount that you can do with that so I think if you're going to aspire to be more and more and start talking about championship then that's something that you need to either look at or, or to have plans towards isn't it to be able to, to take you to that next level but I think something that we've concentrated on a lot over the, over the summer is 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 developing our uh, the way we use sports science and what we do using Mikey Cooper's uh, Michael Cooper's expertise and how we relate that to training. I think that's been something that um, we've really really developed over the summer um, and how that how that influences training and, and what we do day to day to make sure that the boys are best prepared physically, tactically, all of those sorts of things and how that how that comes together. Analysis has moved on incredible amounts. Joe Austin's unbelievable at his job. Absolutely different class, and he's been he's been fantastic. Um, we've really evolved that now. So there's there's constant meetings with players. There's constant meetings with groups and units to evolve analysis and try to you know, make us better at the more modern angles of, of of football. So I think the structure and the way that we go about our business day to day. And what the club's got in place, and the people that it's got within the club doing those roles, is is certainly um, is certainly uh, positive and, 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 and capable of going to the next the next level. Um, I suppose there's always there's always more you can yeah, do, and there's always more you can look at. But I think I think to answer the question, I've gone around it a long, long way. But <laughs> structurally, we're in we're in a good place, and it, it it's a case of just keeping keep making sure that we're evolving. I think. Where we've got to and where we've come from in such a short period of time is, um, you know, is impressive. Mm. I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, 
Does Ross realise he had a tougher job than Justin did? Justin was great and came in to turn around a struggling team and he did that so well. He established himself as an Orient hero. Ross has had to adapt to losing some key players, incorporate several new people, not necessarily his choice, but do it all without Joby on the pitch, do it in a league significantly tougher than the National League, it's tougher than we all thought pre-season, all this during a time during a time, sorry, when the loss of Justin's massive influence was hanging over everyone like a huge storm cloud. Uh, maybe Ross will probably know uh, of other hidden factors behind the scenes and maybe he quit too early. I think that's a compliment in there somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I, I would take it yeah. as that, 100%. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't think, again, I don't think you can compare the two, to the two jobs, you know. I think I, I, the, what I can say about the role that, that I'm in and, and going to be leaving behind is... is um, He's, he's on another planet compared to the one that Justin came in to do. He came in and turned around the underachieving, um, suffering football team and, and club at the time when he when he came in and did a magnificent job. And, and, and like you say, as, as, as he's, he's now a hero forever at the football club. So um, they're two completely... I don't think you can compare the two in any way, shape or form. So, um, you know, I'm comfortable... Uncomfortable with with the position. I don't I, I don't quite can't quite grasp exactly the angle that that, that comment is about other people and start or whatever people that are around it being the people that are that are here at the club now. I mentioned Joe there. I mentioned Michael Cooper. New, you know people that are relatively new to the club. Albeit Joe was with us last year. The support that Danny and Joby have given given me. You know the, the right people around the right you know around the club yeah. that have behaved properly and helped. Helped us get to where we've got to. It's so a team effort. It's a, yeah, it's a collective effort, and it, it, it's um, it's one that's been extremely tough, and, and it will carry on being tough. Grieving's mm. grieving's a difficult thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so I, I think Massively. it would be um, be uh, weird to, to try and compare myself to the job that, that Justin had to do because, unfortunately, well, fortunately for for everybody else, no one's ever had to do the job that I've just done yeah. anywhere. <laughs> ever so and I no one ever asked to as well yeah. so yeah I think that's why you're so greatly thought of at the yeah, club no, and why no, there's such a nice it. sense and you know there's there's several similar themes coming through where people talk about you like respect dignity all those kind professionalism of I guess last question then because I, I can't believe we haven't asked you this before but I don't remember asking you this what are your first memories of attending Brisbane Road as a wow. young lad I don't know if I've ever asked us this cool. It's, I've got so many first ones. The first ones would have been. I always used to. I couldn't tell you a game. I wouldn't say outright. I remember. I remember. Um, I always used to sit in the east stand with my dad. Um, to the top. So if you were in the old, like through where I stand now on a Saturday, I look to the top left right, yeah. corner, and I always used to sit at the very very back. I couldn't tell you really too much about the first games that I went to, but. I always remember, you know, the Orion. I always remember that. And the old boy who used to sit right at the back. Couldn't tell you what he looked like, yeah. but he used to hit like the the, the back of the stand, like yeah. the metal thing. And that's like my first ever oh, memory man. and like my vivid 
memory of like what used to happen at Orient Games at some stage that like it was like a croaky old voice and then the, the, <laughs> used to go on the Nothing's on changed. the back of the stand it's you know still what I mean? changed. Um, it's still banging the back of the stand <laughs> so yeah even though it's probably not giving anybody the outright <laughs> answer but that's always something you don't hear that song very often anymore do you no you don't suppose there's <laughs> anywhere to stamp and bang too much on the south stand back in the air you probably yeah, you get, get it. it yeah you do but get that it that song's sort of not really around anymore is no, it no not so much no I've not, heard, I've not heard that in ages. No, but that was always my. That's always like one of my major main things that I always remember is that that just that banging on the back and that that um, that oh, singing boy. of the yeah singing of that. So yeah, not 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 a particular game that I can say to you. Oh, that was that was when yeah. I first remember coming. But that's where I always used to sit with my dad in the East End. You got a favourite song at the moment that the fans sing? Mine is still. The Gaffer's song now that I keep hearing everybody sing is, is obviously fantastic. My little boy loves the James Dayton song, the Starman. Starman. Yeah. I think that's clever. That's very good. Well, clever, that, it? Really Must have thought about that one for yeah. a couple of And that of picture the club put out as well. Yeah. I didn't get it at first. I was like, oh, didn't he look like something out of a David Bowie song? And yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus oh, yeah, Christ. Have a word, have a word yeah. with yourself, yeah. mate. Yeah, Oliver sings that a lot. Yeah, so yeah, that, I quite like that one. Oh, yeah, the Coulson one's great. Isn't it? I do like the Coulson awesome one. Yeah, I do like and, the Coulson. Awesome. And like I say, the, the, the um, yeah, the, Gaff, the Gaffer's song is um, yeah. yeah, is special as well. Absolutely. So thank you for all your questions. There's a few we probably haven't asked, but I'm sure most of the answers have been covered at some point in this Uber Bumper podcast coming in at two hours and nineteen minutes. So let's wrap this up then. So before you do that, can I just? I don't know if there's anything you need me to add, but I just. I, I know I've thanked a lot of people tonight, but I, I, I do, it means so much like, to, to be able to sit here and use, read out what you've, what you've read out today, the, however, whenever people have give, got messages to me, it's absolutely mind-blowing and, and the support that uh, people have shown all the way through. And it, we work, we, we, I work in an industry where people have got opinions because it's this sport and the clubs and our club means so much to people, so totally understand people that are not happy and, and people remember that I'm not happy when we don't win games of football so um, but the, the the support and the way the last few weeks has been but ultimately all the way through the period has, has been absolutely mind-blowing the way people have been towards me and um, for it to like I said at the beginning for it to happen at my club as, mm. as I would refer to it is is uh, means means even more so I, I just want people to know that and be able to to do that I tweeted when the gaffer was was sick and obviously when he passed away and I, I said to Elliot, I don't use it, I don't like it, but I feel as though I should do it and then come away from it again. So that was my rationale behind doing that. And then I thought about going to him and asking him, should I do it again after this experience? Because I want people to know how much it means to me. Um, I chose not to, but... It was. Um, I, I do really want, and if if people haven't listened or or, or can tell other people, you know, I, I really want people to know that. And then, massively for me, the the support that the players, the way the players have gone about, the way they've treated me, the way they've been with with me in in, in the role that I've been doing with them uh, and the staff, and and obviously the board at the, at the club. You know, I think it's um, say to people all the time, this is a unique football club, and it whatever way or angle you want to look at it, we are. Um, we are a little bit different at times, but mm-hmm. the way that everybody stuck together is um, he, like we you know everybody deserves a massive, massive pat on the back. So I just want to, you know, I want everyone that 
that I can think of right now off the top of my head to be able to say thank you to. I want everyone to know how, how much I appreciate it. Lovely cool. stuff, amazing, lovely stuff. Fantasy football, let's I do it. it. On that, it's a, it's a bit of a bit of a come down. I don't sorry, know where no, sorry, no, no, no. Just thought we No, what I mean by that is for us to now be doing fantasy football is a bit of a come down from <laughs> from uh, the passionate point that you just made there. Andy Chalk leads the Orient Outlet podcast lead, though. Let's not do him any disservice. He's ahead <laughs> of David Cummings, uh, in, who's in second place. Steve, you're in one hundred and seventeenth out of two hundred and eighty-four. Players, but I think it's international weeks. So you've got a bit of a breather. Absolutely. Dream team update. A Brownlee's uh, podcast, Dream Team League, ahead of D Elias in second place. I'm in 11th place out of 82 players. And so positives, negatives, you want to have a crack at the positives? Sure, yeah. We've got four points from our last six. Uh, the away win and the clean sheet at Northampton and James Dayton being back in the squad. Yeah, Starman. We should have played it. Well, we could always play out with Starman, but he's not <laughs> actually played yet. So maybe we'll do no, it next no, week. Yeah, maybe maybe that, yeah, maybe make that, him wait. Make him wait. <laughs> maybe that next week after his 12 assists against Walsall. Negatives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got two. We've got the uh, defensive errors against Paul Bowler. That does feel like a long time ago. Yeah, ages ago. And we've got Sam Lynn's injury. So we're wishing Sam all the best. I guess it's time for Hero of the Week. So normally we put this out to our social media, but we both kind of agreed on who our Hero yeah. of the Week should be this yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, without further ado, it's uh, the Ginger Pele, Matt Harold. Yeah, yeah, well done. His performance against Paul Bowler yesterday. Right. Well done. So next week's fixtures in. Two fixtures coming up for Leo's this week. First up, AFC Wimbledon away in the Leasing.com Trophy on Tuesday, the 8th of October. AFC Wimbledon, 21st in League One. They won on Saturday. They beat Rochdale 3-2. I don't know if Woody Downs is back. I know he got suspended. I don't, I don't know think he is. Yeah, back, I don't think so. he is either. No, I haven't seen that he is anyway. Not sure on that one. So if you go and have a safe journey, and feel free to tweet us on your way to the ground or during the game or after on your journey home. Yeah, then we're back in League 2 action on Saturday the 12th as football for a five returns to Brisbane Road as we entertain Walsall. We find themselves 15th in the league after a 3-0 home defeat by Salford on Saturday. Yeah, they, they were terrible. If you see us in or around the ground, come say hello. Why not even give us a cheeky oi-oi yeah. as well? Like to speak to fans. It's a tough game, I think, that one. After they've just got hammered 3-0 at home, you think they're going to probably set up or work a week on their defensive yeah, yeah, on their defensive unit. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens with that. So just a sponsorship reminder then. Don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Twitter at Big Ads LOFC for all your plastering and rendering needs for your 15% off. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 195. It's been a busy two weeks at the O's with the news that Ross was stepping down from his interim head coach role with lots of rumours of who would be coming in but as yet, no appointment's been made as we say this today on Sunday the 6th of October. Uh, it certainly isn't going to have a negative uh, impact on the pitch as we've played two games and taken four points as the Orient Express has kept steaming on, culminating in yesterday's victory over Northampton. Yeah, so two games coming up and a possible managerial announcement over the next seven days, over the next week. So Not that we know that for sure. No, but it's possible. We did say possible. We did say possible. We are not... I haven't revealed any off-air secrets no. either, just so only once. No, we're there. We're there. We'll stop recording. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll get the front door. Absolutely. Episode 196 looks sure to be a busy one next week, and that will be containing all the info and views and news that you could ever need. So as normal, if you're listening on iTunes, get out your podcast app, go to the review page, give us a nice five stars, write a review for us. Could even review this episode and give Mr. Emerton more praise on his <laughs> fifth uh, appearance on the podcast. The third outlooker. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, 
add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded and if you've got an older relative, anyone you sit next to in the stand. So your mission this week, when you go to Warsaw, tell the person to your left where you're sitting about the on Outlook podcast and if you do that, everyone gets to know about the pod. And if you sit on the end, to your right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving up your Sunday evening. We've gone on for way longer, but the insight and, and information and detail that you give us isn't out there elsewhere. So thank you. No problem. And thank you for doing no, everything you've done to steady our ship. We yeah. really appreciate it. Always a pleasure having you on. And anytime you, you really want to come on and get your point of view across, you are more than welcome at any given point. So we look thank forward to it for you. Thank you, Ross. And as always, keep calm. Have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.